Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever you listen to this. This is Matthew Bailey, a long time with Kitty Kipad in Crane, Ricardo Medina. Hello, hello, hello. And this is another episode of BS Beats and Bailey. And at the time of this recording here, uh, it is Carnival Saturday. So, pretty weird carnival we've been having because technically there's no carnival <laughs> you know right so right. people really really feeling it um as, as someone who personally not into you know mass and all that kind of stuff i just like well yeah. but i still feel it i, I still feeling it because you know it's the time that it's the occasion and you know yeah. it, it kind of sucks hearing this lively soca music but not seeing you know the mass and you know the the performances and effects to complement them now just right. you hear the music and it just remind you of better times you know what i mean so it, it really really sucks uh yeah. but that's what i mentioned briefly you know um yesterday being fantastic friday and how non-fantastic it was um be, being because i think it's best that i meant that we we just mentioned because you know we are trinidadians uh the funeral for andrea Baratman. right right yeah um they actually ran it live on uh, CNC3, so I watched the majority of it, and I won't lie to you, boy, it was, it was, it was rough. It was really, really, really sad, though. Um, yeah. There's a situation of it all, too, seeing that it happened in my hometown of Arima, too, you know, right. just anger me even more, and, you know, but it's just how, as, you know, as, as you know, the opposition leader, um, Kamala Pusab, it really did unite all of us, boy, because um, even while all this was going on, um, there were these uh, march. There was a march that was going on um, at the Red House at the time now, and you know it was to the point that police was coming and saying, "You know, we can't be congregating here and all that kind of stuff." And even they even showed that like they, they they showed it live, I should say. You know, a couple of people even got arrested and all too. So, you know, it's just the response of it by the by the public was was just amazing. But right. it's just of the worst circumstance. So, like I I wouldn't yeah. wish that on anyone. I mean, it could have been. You know, any one of my relatives, you know what I mean? It's just yeah, 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 as yeah. someone who, who still uses um, you know, taxis to, to, to as transport, right? As mean transport. It's scary, it's scary. But yeah. um yeah, it is really unfortunate though. Um and that's one last thing I wanna say though, it's it was it was really interesting too that um yeah, yesterday was really like um like it wasn't sunny at all. It was just pretty downcast you know what i mean it was raining ever so often too very very cloudy so just almost like we you know just the just the perfect weather for how we all felt there you know what i mean it just kind of reflected you know but yeah i don't want to stay too long on it though but yeah it it, it really was sad to sit through though. i really hope that um it doesn't happen again you know and yeah we'll see how we we move on from this but this certainly will be yeah. something we won't forget man uh right, i don't know if right. you have anything quick to see about not, you know this whole thing nothing nothing too too much um as that, that hasn't been already said i don't think i can really add to the conversation per se and you have a couple like little side things about the story that kind of bringing up issues that have nothing to do with what the central issue about well in the end the issues of them one one way or the other um so yeah they already have that much to add to the front um as yeah, other than yeah look you know you had a really really um be just generally conscientious and careful and these kind of things as it is. Um, but yeah, that, that just kind of me on that. Yeah. Um, but also too, you know, on, on the night of, you know, um, well, last night actually, we had the monarch, right? So it's not the international soccer monarch anymore because we couldn't really invite any guest performers from outside of Trinidad and Tobago, right? So it was just be the 10, you know, artists, well, 
uh, one duel basically, and I I watched it on TV six, and it was kind of weird. <laughs> it was just kind of weird right. to watch, way because uh, I think they they they, they perform at uh, I think it was Queens Hall or something like that. And it was just one flagman in the seats, just <laughs> waving, you know, that flag. And I was just like, boy, use, use yeah, the MVP, cool. like, use the true MVP for this way. No, but but, so what's, what's weird about this for me, um, I thought they would have do the, like, the, like how you say, versus did it. Yes, yes, yes. Where it was live itself and, you know, it right. was, right. But you yeah. could tell that they, they, they filmed this beforehand because they had these odd transitions, like, you know, like, uh, like right. not even... Not even seconds into the end of the performance, and you will just segue quickly to you know the backstage and them talking to the host of the show. And I'm like, no, but, even, you know, even, it's weird. Even that, even that kind of clumsy because you know, I think they would have learned from like what the BT or what people do, right? Like, I thought they did a yes. decent job with yes. the air circumstances or something like that now. Mm-hmm. Um, as it is, so I was like, well, you know, why not do that? But I, I but I, I do think it's the only reason I know is because I saw you complain about that the end. Yeah, how much I was fucking it up. I was like, yeah. Right, well, even even our good friend um Doughboy, right? Who yeah. you know, we collab uh who I collabed with with the with the score review was talking about how this was this was a waste. It wasn't making any yeah. sense. Yeah, but but that's my point now. Like I don't get the the, the like nobody that sit around and say, hey, you know, we we got we got probably have to deal with this. Like I I get the feeling that them really thought you know the COVID thing would have be done by now, and you know, I like ah uh, no, sorry, <laughs> that not going to wrap up anytime soon. So chill out. Yeah. Um, so I, I really thought they would have prepped for that, man. Yeah, really big disappointment. So, yeah, and, and, and speaking of COVID, boy, like, I'm not saying everybody did, boy, but there were so much instances to COVID, boy. And you know, we have this tradition with uh, with our performances, and especially for, you know, for Soka Monarch Finals, now, that we have to have this sketch, you know what I mean? And we have to right. set up this premise that don't really always tie into the performance but right. it's just to set up the the performance again hyped up now and a majority of them was just like well you know all these news reports and most of them was coming from like ttt which was weird you know right. covid19 and no carnival and all that kind of stuff so yeah like a majority of performances were based off of that and it was right like i understand why but it just kind of made it really depressing at the same time too even um uh famanapi who won actually well, talk right. about that briefly. Yeah, he did the same thing too. But um, right. him, him winning, like okay, like I have no problem with him winning, Jed. But um, yeah, right. personally, I thought that um, oh gosh, uh, Viking Ding Dong had the best performance because he, well, right. he and his friend um, Michael, right, um, ended off the 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 show, and basically what they took the the, the song Horn in first and right. reworked it to say to, to pay tribute to Andrea Barrett. I thought that was that was excellent. Okay, right, okay. Yeah. Right. But with um Famanapi was just typical, you know, well, you know he have the song, right? Backyard jam, right? And yes, right. it's a great song. Everybody love it. Everybody love the rhythm. It is one of the best rhythms for this carnival season here. But personally, that's just me. I just felt it was just favoritism. Like, yeah, he had the most popular song out right now. Everybody love it. Right. Everybody know the lyrics. So yeah, let me just give it to him, right? So yeah, hold okay. that, right? I, that, that, no, that's all all that, now all that I parted because the, the mere fact they, they could they could like have such an ill-prepared show. I mean, they they ain't getting to know energy behind the actual judgment of the show. Like if they if they I mean, some entertainment first, judgment after, right? Right. And <laughs> if they couldn't if they couldn't get the show in in check properly, I didn't expect any like that. That that was like an afterthought. Like it didn't really matter who won. <laughs> like at that point, 
Nobody cares. Exactly. Like, and even even when when all the performances wrapped up and it was just like under two hours, I was just like, well, okay, that's that's it. All right. Well, change right. the station, right? Uh, last thing I just want to mention quickly with, with it too. They they had these segments. I'll call them weird, right? Um, with Sonny Bling and a couple other people, and it was just right. like interviewing random people around Port of Spain. And funny thing is, on Tragedy Drew, close to where I work, right? This was um, last week, Monday. I right. saw Sonny Bling actually pose off by uh, the corner of um, Queen's Partner. Uh, okay. The cameraman and thing, and I was like, wondering what this was about now. It's like, oh, okay, that's that's what you're up to. But yeah, it's like these segments. That one where he was, he was interviewing this um this corn, this guy who's selling corn soup and thing. Like, I get the point, right? They're showing, okay, these are you know the guys who would be outside, you know, during carnival or during season, you know, doing this stuff now. I just trying to bring a you know a vibe now, like oh this is Trinidad and this is how we've been you know doing our stuff and you know this part of we culture and all that. It was still kind of right. weird though at the same time because it just it just kept breaking up um the whole thing and then right. it, it always went back to like old performances from like two three years ago and I'm like all right but yeah that's that's the point of all this shit? like is, is it to celebrate the the Soka Monaco I get but performance bro performances we, I mean we don't have ten people understand you had it you had a party thought but oh gosh man not, not in this week right? No, no, yeah. As I said, I, I suspect what happened is that them really talk about we don't have a show and they did not prepare or think that. And then, like, within, like, I, I, again, pure speculation, I don't know exactly, but, like, look like about a week from the show, they were like, oh, shit, like, we actually have to do this and the Prime Minister of God come true for you or some bullshit like that. It's something like just they didn't take their shit out at all. <laughs> like, that's how it's Yeah, up. boy. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's unfortunate, right? So, to the point that, yes, Farm and Happy won, but anybody yeah. really care? Sorry yeah, to no, say, but no. <laughs> no yeah. Right, right, right. Now I think we um I, I could be wrong on this, but I think there's like a uh well a road match sort of thing, but basically you had to vote for it through be mobile or something like that. I don't right, know all right, the right. details about it. I was really following it up though, but like even stuff like that, like when you hear it, it's just like well, but but they just don't have it. You're like why had a vote yeah. and was like the best road match song for for the, for the carnival? You're like I mean that's not how it works. Right, bro. right, 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 right. I mean, again, I, I cannot just write off. I cannot write off anything in terms of the carnival aspect of it, like just the competition and who gonna get money and none of that matter. Last year kind of matter because COVID didn't really get here yet, and yeah. now they are now it's like all right, well, fuck it, like nobody it don't matter. Like these things, you know, as I say, if your basement are cracks in it, it nobody cares about the party in in, in the independence, right? <laughs> it does it really doesn't matter like seriously yeah. like just something that i just write off completely so whatever like road march like if it's a thing and, and people are still making money from it fine but like none of the money there like it, it's not gonna have a carnival effectively and the last time we didn't have a carnival was what since the 70s or some shit so because our polio so. yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. um which, which i actually found out like uh less than a yeah. week ago actually a good friend of mine uh, yeah, yeah. yeah but um a last last thing i'll say though i i, I do have to commend the artists though for still putting out work. Like not right. everybody work. I would say right. roughly we've got a third of what we would normally get as far as output right. now. You know what I mean? Like right. it was a rhythm singles, you know what I mean? We only, only got like about a third of it basically. Not that much what at I, all, but like, I really had I, to commend the artists for at least doing something. Because I, I, I know it's not easy, you know? Yeah, what I thought is that a couple of artists would have like at least pivot towards the idea of like modern street well not streaming, but let's call it like how to make money online effectively because like it's all online now at least for now right 
Yeah, and that that that's based on a conversation I had with someone. Like, you know, like this is yeah. now this is the way we could think about albums and streaming and all that kind of right. stuff now. You know? But and whatever, like whatever how it is like I don't know how like local radio does make money. Like I don't get how it does it. But like it have to be like something through the internet or like wh- like um what is it called when when you have international radio websites or whatever it is. Right, right? like um like, like serious or something. Something right, like or something like that. I have no idea how that does work in, for local stations, like how they just actually make the money. Because I, I just I just assume they'll make money from you know Mr. Chums, right? Like just ads, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um but so I don't know how the dynamics gonna play out for that itself. So it, it I will you'll actually get to see how the pipes and sluices of Trinidad's money franchising in terms of soca works. <laughs> you'll actually see it exposed. Because yeah, they have no other options, <laughs> like literally out options, unless they want to outright like infect more people with COVID and or break the law, right? So <laughs> that, I want to see and it, it's a this interesting time to see these little weird little again little antro- moments in anthropology, right? Yeah, um, <laughs> I know, right? Mm. Right. So I, I we will we'll see. Um, but yeah, as I say, I have no idea how, how Soka Monaco is because like nobody hyping any songs. Like I've seen no major songs hyping. I've seen one song hyped. That's it. Nothing. Like I don't see anything. I like I'm a guy who's always be on the periphery of this stuff. So if I see nothing, that means it really like it's off. It like things 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 kind mm. of rough, right? Whatever. Yeah. I mean, as I say, this this year this year that he had to take the L. Hopefully, we'll sort out this bullshit. I, I know, like uh, Boston or whoever it is, vaccine started for some people. Um, I know somebody who actually get a second booster shot at this point. So that is it. <laughs> Moving on. Next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, next Life three days gonna be gonna be real in, real intriguing Wait. for me, but yeah. you know we. Can't but Sunday, Monday, or Tuesday, but right. <laughs> I, mean, so I want to see. I want to see. But all of all of it is gonna be um, guys who gonna just be. You're gonna hear who gonna get arrested for going out. I show them South Trinidad and fuck around as usual because it's South Trinidad. I you know we you know it's South Trinidad. Nobody have the disease here. <laughs> that, <laughs> that, that bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Whatever. Um, yeah, so that's that, that, that that how I see it. Anyway, moving on, next. Yeah, yeah, moving on, moving on. So quickly, um, this one I mentioned briefly, this, well, what what was a big issue, actually? Um, <laughs> it's funny, too, because, you know, as soon as I post this up, right, this was Wednesday night I post this up, right, on Facebook. Right. This would be with McGill, um, Gina Carano from um, The Mandalorian, right? right? Uh, right. Being fired by, by Lucasfilm, right? And right. then, like, the following day was this long, like, a bunch of comments on my post that I was like, oh, my God, people <laughs> actually responded to my shit. Like, wow, look at this. <laughs> <laughs> right. it, was, it was really funny. It was really funny. Right. But, yeah, so, um, but yeah, what happened is that uh, I believe it was the day before she posted um, some posts on her Instagram stories, one right. involving this um, write-up about this opinion, basically, about um, Jews in Nazi Germany. So let's read it quickly. Uh, Jews were beaten in the streets, not by Nazi soldiers, but by their neighbors, even by children. Because history is edited, most people today don't realize that to get to the point when Nazi soldiers could easily round up thousands of Jews, the government first made their own neighbors hate them simply for being Jews. How is it that any different from hating someone for their political views, right? Um, After that, she pulled it down. People... And people were like on this whole fire, Gina Carano, you know, hype train for like um a hot, since, a hot yeah from since la, late last year, right? For, for a hot minute, I mean, look, yeah, 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 somebody, for a hot listen, moment, right? Listen, but, my, my thing, uh, yeah, go ahead now. So, so here's here's the thing, right? Before we get to your thoughts, right? So, so my thing, right? Um, 
it's, it's, it's similar to like what happened to this guild from um from from Black Panther, right? I am not against people seeking out information, right, and have right. based the, making their own opinions based off it, or maybe copying someone else's opinion, right? But my thing is, right, I have no disrespect to, to Gina. I actually really, really, really like her. But right. is it that when you become, you know, party limelight now, you know what I mean? People mm-hmm. know you, you're well-respected, all that. And you find something so mm-hmm. interesting, right, that the first thing you have to do is tweet it or put it Ugh. up on Instagram stories yeah. and be like, hey, world, guess what I found out? Boom. Yeah, no. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. This is this is one of those things that I, I have zero zero sympathy for her in this scenario. Look, let us come... Okay, so you make, you make a good point because I was going to bring this up. There are two other conservatives, notable conservatives that work for, the, for Disney, right? This is mm-hmm. Letitia Wright. Letitia Wright. Yes, right. Letitia Wright. Right? Mm-hmm. And Chris Brown, right? Yes. Good. Why does that this student get fired yet? Because they know how to keep their ass quiet when it comes to thing and be, have a little sense of tact and be aware... Yeah. I will be a self-aware when it comes to your thing. Letitia, I thought, made a slip with what she said, and she kind of, she, she dialed back, right? No, listen, this is an argument that I, I usually try to avoid, but listen, and it's a utilitarian argument. I'm, I'm, at, I'm conceding to this ahead of time. But you don't fuck up a bag. Come on. <laughs> Please. Yeah. Guys, come on. Like, you look, you have your opinions and whatever it is, but she, Gina Carano, has been doubling and tripling down on nonsense for a hot minute, right? And it's not things that is like our opinion. It's not tax reform. It's not something like abortion. The simple fact is that these companies do not, do not want to talk about anything else but their product. Do not fuck up a bag, right? I, again, it's a yeah. utilitarian argument. And nobody's saying that Disney perfectly honest and perfectly saintly is Disney, right? Disney have all kind of problems. Mulan and China and the Uyghurs and all kind of bullshit. When the end of the day, it's a company that have, they have that sword above your head when it comes to your money, right? If, if Gina, no, look, Gina Carano go and work with, I think it's, what's his name? Ben Shapiro. And they yeah, yeah, I was, I was going to say that afterwards. Um, Fine. Like, like she got hooked up, right? And what, 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 what quick sec, right? Before, this, is, this is a drop, right? Right. The, the, the speculation is, sorry about that, but the speculation is, is that she did this perhaps on purpose. Like she, I could yeah, be wrong. Yeah. Like maybe she kind of self sabotage herself. So yeah, like she knew that she was going to get the the axe She just put up this one last tweet. You know, be this no, one last Instagram I, story. I, I, kick she out and then she just jump on this new damn thing. You find it so convenient that yes, oh hey, no. I got you with, with Ben Shapiro. Ah, yes, right. Yes, think about that. I am. Um, I no. I I'm a, I'm a person. I I don't like to like. Uh, I think I think it's a little. Mm, it's a little cynical on my part. Even though I just say it a lot, of you, you could find how much recordings of me saying, oh, it's a cynical move on their part kind of thing. And, I, and you know, victimhood, blah, blah, blah. I have said it for somebody who, and we'll, get, we'll probably get to this. Um, I've said it for someone else. We're going to talk about this person next, most likely. Um, about contriving your own victimhood. I don't think there's a case in this scenario. She was a person who just sells herself. Look, I, she don't, don't really care. And she don't really business. Because you're trying to tell me that she's going to give up that Disney money for ideology, religion? All right. True, so. true, true. Yeah. Whatever. And she have, a, she, she have an even bigger fan base read because okay. of the Mandalorian. Because right, of that. Exactly. Yeah. And, and my, thing is, my thing is that, look, I, she is, like, let it be clear, all to the people, all the people who have gone, quote unquote, get a show, she is by far the most disposable. Eh? Let's be clear about that. Again, I'm making another utilitarian argument. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're, you're right. You're right. You're right. But, you're right. 
she is by far the most disposable compared to Ahsoka Tano, compared to um um what was your machine name? Who with who with Boba Fett now? I forget she. Um, oh um um Ming Na Wen's Ming Na Ming Na Wen right Ming Na Wen right all of them could get a thing eh? All of them are by far greater actors and actresses over she. She is she could get replaced like they could totally Christopher Plummer her and I would not care because she was like a hot mess when it comes to her acting. Acting was kind of trash. But she had a great body. Like, the character I, had I know, right? <laughs> that was a cell. That was a cell of the that character. I'm sorry, And to be clear, here's the thing. She, her character don't have to go away. Like, they could totally Christopher Plummer her ass in and, and replace her and with a better actress and nobody would care. Like, everybody's saying, oh, they could get Zeno Warrior Princess. Uh, we call yeah, Lucy I Lawless. heard that. Mm-hmm. Lucy Lawless. They could get freaking, um, we call it um, Daniel from Fast and the Furious. Oh, uh, 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 yeah, they seen Ronda Rousey. Well, yeah, yeah. Not, not Ronda uh, Rousey, but no, 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 no. Ronda, right. Ronda, sorry, Ronda's a mom now. I don't know. Well, if she'll care, I don't know. But but dog is that is that Disney truck money? No, is that dumb trucker money again? So whatever. True, true. Again, true, yeah. again, I'm not. I I think I don't know if she really like doubling down on she ideology and who she's just be conservative and you can't buy she off and Disney no matter how much money you throw in my face, I will, I'm not gonna take your Disney money. And, you know, it's time to stand up against the evil big Disney corporation. That's perfectly fine. Here's the fucking problem. What you're defending is nonsense. Like, it's complete bullshit. Like, it's not like you're defending an actual position. If you're fighting out for the Uyghurs and you get fired for that, all right. I get that. That is something people can rally behind. Not this bullshit. Being, like, it's not an anti-mask bullshit you're talking on ticket. Like, really? Like, really? Yeah. <laughs> like, die, die on? Really? Whatever. In my opinion... I think they should they should Christopher Plummer the character because the character is kind of interesting character kind of not really that interesting she just kind of interesting but if they they, they give she a show um we call it um Repub- New Republic or whatever it is in my yeah, opinion uh, Rangers and New Republic right, right. here mm-hmm. I vote for Frankie Adams from the Expanse she have the same body size same badass and she's a way better actress moving okay. on. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. You give me a reason to to to, to start back expands because all I've watched yeah. is the full season. And yes, folks, um, yeah. Ricardo's going to talk about uh, season four, right? Or is it five? Five. 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 Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. Well, I know we're going to have a sixth and final season. No. Yes. Yeah. A yeah, sixth yeah, and final yeah. season a, coming up. A yeah. Sixth and final season. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Cool. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yes, but hey. What matters is that Lucasfilm will will go will go on. They'll keep making the money and all that kind of stuff. Disney Disney fine. Disney Disney cool. Listen, you know what I mean? Because she is by far the weakest in the shows though. Like like freaking yeah, where called she who could get an next show? Where called she that girl who um for Battlestar Galactica? She could get she would show she's a better actress. Like oh I would them, love to see like more adventures of those um uh, right, Mandalorians like, though. Yeah right. yeah. I my thing is look it's a utilitarian argument, but I the thing is. Cara Dune, we call she, uh, I want to say, yeah, Gina Carano is by far the weakest person, the weakest in the, in the bunch. But I thought you, you know, that technically the weakest person would keep their ass quiet, right? Whatever, well, moving yeah, on. Yeah, moving on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I think we might just mention this quickly, though, because, um, you know, well, as, as last things last, right? So we would have recorded the day afterwards, you know, when, when the new Justice League um, trailer came out, right? But, right. you know, it's funny, though, that with this movie coming up um, literally next month, that all these allegations against, well, you know, the former director, well, former, right. you know, standing director, um, George Whedon, you know, coming out now. Right, and right, right, right. Here's the thing, like, um, 
for me though, like just hearing those, those stories, well, what what it is just basically um cast members of you know Buffy the Vampire Slayer and um Angel have been coming out and saying, you know, how how you know how much of a just an asshole basically, you know, Josh Whedon was to them, you know. Right. Especially to like um Charisma um Capita, if if right. I put the name wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. all the stuff that just the pressure that he was putting her on and I was just like reading it, just the stuff that she was seeing and I was like right. dude why dread? But I just yeah, felt no. it's so ironic, right? Is that um, you know, now we're gonna get the Snyder cut, you know, we're now gonna get the, the, the version that we were supposed to get all along, right? And it's almost like we're just going to remove every bit of Josh Whedon from this now. So right, right. it's just the irony of it all that I, just blows me blue uh, no, blows no. my mind. So I, I, I have I have been I I'll fully consider I've been on the wrong side of this, right? In in the sense that um I, I was dismissive of Ray Fisher. Not not in the sense that well just we not that I don't think he was lying or anything like that, but it, it, the the mere fact that he brought this up in and the timing he brought this up of of um attacking Joss Whedon, yeah. I really thought I really thought, oh well, he, the reason he's doing this is because you know he just need to hype up the Snyder Cut and Snyder and Zack Snyder is so much better than Joss Whedon as a person, not yeah. not, not just you know because Snyder unfortunately has been in the framework of being of a kind of not really a right winger per se or conservative, but kind of catering to those sensibilities with his material. So the narrative has been well, Joss Whedon is the liberal and and Zack Snyder is the is the is the conservative and and you know. But the thing is, Zack Snyder is a great person. Like personally, he's a great guy. And on top of that, the narrative involving what Zack Snyder had to go through involving his daughter during just yeah. shoot and that whole narrative. So a lot of people have been jumping on, and I, I didn't jump on this bandwagon, but a lot of people have jumped on the idea of, well, you know, just reading, you know, he did the Avengers and he coming with his better more sensible take on Superman and, and that narrative has been uh, I think not not entirely honest, but I'll admit that I've been a little bit cynical on how to um take Ray Fisher's attitude about it. Because now mm. he has been out, out, like as far as I know outright drummed out of, of DC, right? I don't think he gets this movie. I think he's outright fired at this point. Mm. Um he has been he has clashed outright with the head of DC Warner Brothers or at least the, the person who's in charge of the Division involving the DC material, DCU. I don't know what's going on. I don't forget the guy's name is an Asian guy. I forget his name. Um, and I, I, w- I will fully concede I've been on the wrong side of this because not that I was necessarily dis- being defensive of Joss Whedon. I think he did what he did. But my attitude about it was it's a product, it's time, and like you have pressure in work, and you know, you should take a little load up on set back in the 1990s and that kind of bullshit. And yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I will fully concede that's not the attitude you should have on set. He has a problem. I agree. Yeah. I, he has a problem because I myself have behaved like that on set with people, right? Um, in, in, in that attitude about, you know, not necessarily on set, but when, when it comes to pre-production, on set I've been a great guy. I think so, right? I mm. buy pizza for people and I've never been abusive on set, but I've been a jackass when it comes to pre-production where, this, where a movie should go and so on, so, right? Mm. And my, my attitude about um, this is that you know, you have to be a hard ass on set. You have to whip people into shape just to get a product done. And you have to do it at, at all costs. And that is something I've, I've turned my opinion about. You know, like, look, sir, I don't care if you're a genius. You shouldn't be a fucking jackass on set, period. Right? This is exactly. And, and one I'm thing right. you always have to remember, like, even my, me, myself, too, right? With yeah. my lofty dreams of being a, a filmmaker slash director, is that it's not a one-man show. At the end of the day, oh, right. oh it's not, well... 
you are the cre- you are the visionary and you know every single right. thing and you you pick all these people out of a hat. It's like no 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 all these people right. saw your I, vision and did the best they could, way, right? So by the yeah. way, we're gonna talk about this with 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 Malcolm and Maria, by the way. Oh oh, uh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everything 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 set together for this for this um for this uh, podcast. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I love um, it, I love it. <laughs> yeah, no, but my, my my thing is that look, Joss Whedon is in the wrong. I don't think he's somebody who should be cancelled because what he has done is nowhere near as bad as say you know, the Brian Singer or Kevin Spacey type scenarios, right? It's not like that. But, and I don't, I, I really still don't think he should be quote-unquote cancelled, right? I, again, we put it not in quotes, right? Right. About quote-unquote, it is not, not a useful term, but you know what I mean, right? Um, but I, I do think, I, I don't, I'm not the person who thinks he shouldn't get work less, less in Hollywood or anything like that. But he's a person that, you know, you have to come to terms with your, with your attitude and material. And ultimately, the mere fact that so many people come out against him, say something, Right. It really says something. Yeah, agree. Um, mm-hmm. We call she Michelle Trachtenberg came out against him. In fact, you heard this story that um, Joss Whedon didn't have, didn't want to have any. Joss Whedon was not allowed to have any time alone with Michelle Trachtenberg. Yeah, that, yeah, being in the same room that, with her. Yeah, that's not a that's not a sexual thing or anything like that. It's just he's, he's such a his his attitude and, and and demeanor and his and you know you're not you're not um what do you call it you're not he's he's quote unquote beyond reproach. That's the problem, right? Especially given how he could quote unquote bully people, and he himself has crafted. Well, I won't say he himself, but we, we as the audience, I'll say I, I not I, I personally as well as a, as a fan of him have crafted him as this. Oh, he's this big progressive director. Look, he have this this female led thing, and he write Buffy and he write Dollhouse. And, yeah, you know, you know, yeah. these these mm. progressive women, and you know, so on, so on, and so forth. But yeah, it's, it's really it's really unfortunate. I don't. Th- I, I will still say, and I, look, I might be on the wrong side of this as well, but I'll still say I don't think he has anywhere as bad as any other big, big, um, um, you know, blow-ups in Hollywood in terms of creators. Not as bad as Brian Singer, not as bad as, as, as Gino Carano with, with political opinions. It's just being a shitty person on set and thinking that behavior is justified is ultimately a problem. Mm. And that's the whole thing. I'm still a fan of the man. I have no problem watching Avengers. That's not the issue here. Um, but yeah, it's something that you really have to fix and address going forward. Um, and uh, yeah, I've, I've been, I've, my, I've myself been in that space about people, um, on set or everything. Well, I've not been on set. I'll fully hold on to that. I don't think anybody could call me out on set. I'm loading up anybody. Never loading up anybody. <laughs> oh, 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 I've, I've been a great guy on set. On set. I've been mm. a terrible person. I've been a terrible person in pre-production. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I've been a great guy on set. I think so. At least I think so. Right? right. I remember pizza and, 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 you know, catering to my crew when it comes to, um, like it, it had a we were shooting in, in a reminder forest, you know that that section in Lopino. Yeah. And it had this guy who show up and I, I swear the guy could have been dangerous and I carry everybody to my house and, and we, we chill out to run away from the potential oh. dangerous person. And I might <laughs> uh, you know yeah. whatever. I don't think I've allowed up anybody on set. I don't think so. But well, I've not been, yet. <laughs> well, you know, not yet, right? But I uh, you know, um no, just we know is ultimately in the wrong for this, but I don't think he is, he is as horrible as we make it out to be. It's just the issue is that whether or not he apologize or not, and the whole thing blow up, really blow up in terms of just being a person in power. That is the problem. The person who clearly abuses power, you know, and, and nobody really said and said anything because he's a genius, you know, quote unquote, right? Genius. Yeah. And this kind of stuff. And uh, and yeah, there, there's something that I, in the end of the day, I don't care how smart he is, you know, unless you're, 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 unless you're going to cure cancer, brother, 
you're still making movies. You're still fucking movies. Like, it's a movie. Nobody cares. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Uh, if, if Avengers disappear tomorrow, yes, I'll feel a way in terms of my emotions, but it, it's not, it, it's not, it's not the end of the world, literally. It's literally not the end of the world. So, yeah, you know, we're not a take year, right? Moving on. Yeah, all I'll say is if a man like Justin Timberlake could come and apologize about shit that he do or apparently to, to like um J- um John Jackson yeah, and, and no, Britney Spears like like decades ago, then yeah, yeah. what what what's the stop judge we no, from coming and saying publicly, yeah. look, I, I did shit, I'm sorry, blah blah blah. No, I think I think um Justin Timberlake is a much worse moral position than, than Justin in my opinion. Like much worse. Like what you do to this Britney Spears now we cannot throw shit on the bus. Much worse yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or what happened with Janet Jackson? That that whole fuckery involving, you know, the the head of um, CBS at the time, and I think it's Les Moonves, and that whole CBS, um, the head of the head, uh, he was the head of I forget her record label, and he kind of blackballed her since then. Like there's a whole backstory about how we treat treat Janet Jackson. Janet Jackson take real L's, eh? and it's real bullshit. Like that had to come out. Eh? I know it, some of it came out, but like. We seriously need to apologize to Janet Jackson from City Hall, Boob Gate, Super Bowl thing, right? And Justin Timberlake was kind of an asshole. He's kind of like a, like, a, a kind of, a, like, the, 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 what, the, what the kids call it, a fuck boy. He's basically that. Like, he, just, <laughs> yeah. just, like, he just kind of, like, chicken shit his way out of the whole thing and kind of, like, dance around and, and keep his image clean just so his career. Now. Whatever. As now a family man, Banavan, quote unquote, cancel him either, right? Like, whatever. Moving on. Yeah. All right, yeah. so long pre-ramble aside, yeah. I mean, it, it, it was it was it was a weird week, folks. It was a weird you know, week, right? Ricardo, yeah. the cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right, so now, now we're gonna get into the, the 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 show proper, right? So we have uh, two shows, well, two TV series to talk about and three movies, right? So for the the TV series will be well, season five of the Expanse. Um, right. I am way far behind because I only saw season one, but I've been meaning to catch up right. on it. I know you've been loving the show and people have been just throwing praise at it. And yep. um, well, me now knowing that um, there's a final season coming up, um, I think it's next year. Now I have yep. more time to, you know, catch up on the show, right? Uh, afterwards, we will jump into, what's the name of the show? Uh, the Snoopy Show um, sure. off of um, Apple TV, basically. Uh, afterwards, we will talk about, we'll finally talk about Malcolm and Marie. This was one right. of my my personal highly anticipated shows of the year. Afterwards, um, I'll talk about the documentary that um, I didn't even know about until literally a week before February, i.e., Black um, you know Black History Month. This will be MLK right. FBI, and just seeing it of the um, just seeing it one right. time. It's a good thing that I watched this before watching the final film that we're going to talk about. This would be another one. Well, for us, one of our highly anticipated um, films for the year. Judas and the Black Messiah. So, okay. let's kick things off with the Expanse season five. Um, you know, right. you, you don't have to spoil everything about it, but you could give at least give me just of what you know this season was about and whatnot. So, right. yeah, take it away. Right. So this is probably my favorite season for, so far. Uh, nice. bas- basically, what what it did, it it follows from the right. So it follows from season four where they open the ring gates and everybody start traveling through. And discover new planets, but unfortunately, politics is gonna politic. Uh, and what end up happening is the the um the belters, where you know the people who kind of the downtrodden types within the galaxy, well, it's in the solar system. Mm-hmm. They kind of didn't really get a fair shake last time, and the Holden had to stop a guy who was gonna exploit them. So, but here's the problem: 
the belters rise, a, a, a person who's a hero kind of rise amongst the belters. And basically what happens is that the, this guy is like a terrorist taken over. He killed one of the main antagonists from the last, you know, the main characters, a character called um, Ashod um, from the last thing, from the last season. He murdered him at the end of the season. And uh, so this guy is the new power. And then we also find out that he is the baby daddy of Naomi Nagata, one of the main characters, right? And you find right. out Naomi Nagata has a son called Philip. And basically, he what happens is that he kidnapped Naomi and she has to spend time with him. And she meets, meets Philip after some odd, I think 20 years or so. Philip absolutely hates her because she abandoned them from years ago because um, um, the terrorist guy, uh, Marco, he kind of forced her to do something, well, kind of manipulate her into doing something that was terrible, right? And that is the drama, right? It's Marco deciding to do terrorist shit. And I wouldn't say what he did this season, because, but it's pretty badass. And he's basically, let us put it like this, he's basically space Bin Laden. That's all I'll say. Um, <laughs> and no. that's, what, that's what it is. It's, it, he's basically sexy space Bin Laden, right? He, what he is, he's very charismatic, very manipulative. Puts the Belter people in a, in a situation against Ultan Mars. And he does a lot of interesting negotiations with respect to what happens that he got Mars. And this was, this was being revealed last season. Um, where Mars, because um, the new planets were discovered, the people of Mars don't really care about Mars anymore. So they, what they started to do is kind of leave the planet and, and Mars started to go rotten. And they started selling off arms to, to, this, to this guy. And he started using basically Martian technology, which is the most advanced ships in the system, to make um, a relationship and, and started building something called the Free Navy. And that was the big, big force, enemy force in the storyline. That's the arc. Um, it's just him, them having to take down this guy and Naomi having to survive and come up with some clever ways to survive because our trap was set. And sadly, talking about people who should be cancelled, the whole thing was, to me, slightly ruined because of the actor Cassandra and what he did in real life. So Cassandra was accused of some very, very, very insidious stuff involving minors and okay. some sex, some sex pestery involving underage, underage people, unfortunately. So like he had to wow. get cancelled. And basically what they did with him, I thought what they did, I, I really thought he, he would have gotten the Kevin Spacey treatment of being outright replaced by Christopher Plummer. Rest in peace, right? Um, and he... Um, what they did with him was they, they minimize him this season, even though he's a big central character. What they're doing, they kind of do the Andrea thing from Walking Dead, as in, well, and I think I got spoiled, but they basically kill him off, but they kill him off in a way that really tasteful, and they're basically <laughs> going to take all his, all of his plot lines, I think so, like, like similar to Andrea in Walking Dead, and give them, give them to other characters. So we're going to get that for the final season, hopefully. And that's this season. This season was pretty good. It does the what it does really well is that you really get that early two thousands war on terror aesthetic, like the kind of justifications, the kind of thinking, how it is to deal with somebody like like Marco Yanaros, how manipulative Marco Yanaros is, and how you're gonna unite the belt people, and they get into all of that dynamic. And then Naomi, she's like the central figure because she's in the middle of all of this. She really goes through it. She really goes through the the, the mess. And yeah, it was such a great arc for everybody in terms of personality. Um, it's really the, the Naomi hour, right? It's the Naomi, Naomi Nagata just taking L's right through, but her really struggling and saving everybody's lives. And, and that is basically the storyline. And I really, really, really love this in terms of our personality thing. Um, in terms of um, character growth, 
And then the, the ending of the season does something really weird and strange. I don't know what it is because I don't read the books. Um, but it's a really great ending. And I really hope we don't get a Game of Thrones bullshit. I, I really hope that. That's all I hope. Far oh, yeah, yeah. Um, well, God, God forbid if that happens. Mm-hmm. If, if it happens to another Boy. show. Boy. Yeah. But yeah, as I say, Cassandra fucked everything up for this. Unfortunately, he just kind of saw the whole mood for a lot of people. Um, but yeah, moving on. I, I thought this season was pretty good for what it was. Um, and uh, it's my favorite. But my favorite season in terms of personality and, and, and character growth. Or oh, uh, the side characters, Amos and, and the, the president, because the president lost the election last season, um, Avasarala. She now has to deal with her contentions. Again, I don't want to say what it was, but she basically stopped a big disaster. Um, by picking up on the, on the cues and, and dealing with some of the situations. And then um, she now, they solve, basically she comes, becomes, well, present again for, for various reasons and whatnot. That's all I'll say. Uh, that is it. I don't want to spoil too much about it because it's just like a pretty damn awesome season, even though it's done like a week now. Um, as I said, it's a show that really does a good job of, it's, it's this generation's Battlestar Galactica. What Battlestar Galactica was around roughly 10 years ago, yeah. It's this. It's this generation. I, I'm not the biggest fan of Battlestar Galactica's ending, but I, I really love this show, and it's in my opinion a very iconic show. Mm, and this it show is, is 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 as good, not as hype for me, but as good. Um, it just it just so well thought out. It's surprisingly grounded, and and it's material. The writing is very good. You know, I really strongly recommend. I, I forget the name of this channel, but it's called Ty and Frank or something like that, or Ty and Company, and it's one of the writers of the the books does interviews with like actors and and the guy who plays Amos does interview with him mostly and it's just them talking about you know the world building of, of the expanse writing right. and these guys I really 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 have a lot of well who you call James I say Corey is not one person it's two people together right and the, uh, the okay, two of them cool. yeah, yeah the two of them there yeah, that's a little piece of trivia right uh the two of them I, I really like in terms of writing they give the influences they know what to do, and they really, really inspire me to to, to write my my works and whatever it is. Hopefully, that bullshit will work out, right? Um, and I, I just really, work out. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I really, really appreciate um, you know, the material as it is, and it, it's a great science fiction. It's just a fantastic show. So yeah, as a rating, I give it a nine out of ten. Fantastic, fantastic nice. things. Um, really, really good season, strongest season so far in my opinion. Um, just because of the great character work. You know, it, it have all kind of extra characters. I, I, the thing is, if I say too much, it'll be spoiled. But yeah, uh, Gunny goes through something, and and um, Cara, Carrie goes through something, and and on so on so on so forth, right? And Amos goes through something, and all of them have their great arcs. They have to go back to Earth. They have to come to the Moon. They have to go back to Mars, and so on and so forth. And that's pretty much it for me. Yeah, eight nine out of ten. I strongly recommend it. Great season. All right, so so quick question. Um, this Frankie Adams that that they were hyping up earlier, right? You know, as as a as a great replacement for for Gina Carano. Um, yeah. yeah, this 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 little mention as as to as to why be so of you know the expanse. Yeah, no, like so last season, so I see she is the marine character, right? So she's a Martian marine in the storyline. Right? Her character is um Roberta Draper. Um, also, well, her nickname is Gunny. And uh-huh. she, she's a big, if you see her in, 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 in the book, she's huge. In the storyline, she's not as big, but she like have a, a big presence. And, and I think she's part Maori. So yeah, the genetics oh, is there. Ooh, yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. So she's big. She like, you know, like, it's like the same reason why the rock so big is that reason, right? And um, she just have a great body size, body type. Um, she's not as big as Gina Carano, but she's big. She, she have body size now. 
like I could I could totally see her, you know, replacing the character for Karadu. Yeah, and basically the character is a marine. That's the old point. She's a martial marine, total badass, great character. Probably most is she's my no, she's my favorite character in the series. And close second is um is is Carrie, right? Um right. and so that is it. I I absolutely love love her character. And she's it's, last season she had a great arc. Absolutely amazing arc in terms of well, seeing Mars's um, society c- collapse and melt down because of the, the gate systems and nobody giving a shit about Mars anymore to, to, to um, terraform Mars. Love her arc and to see what she's going through and that whole general miasma of, of ennui that the Martian people going through, you know, invo- involving the society, society and, and the new technology and whatnot. This season, she takes a side role, just mostly working with Alex in solving a mystery involving uh, Marco Renaros and, and all the terrorism stuff and why does the Martian military help it on Marco Renaros and you, you learn that Marco Renaros working with the, the mass people and so on and so forth. You learn all of that last season. I love, and this season she takes a side role but not as thing, but yeah, in my opinion, if you see Frankie Adams, you know, if you see her in pictures and whatnot, you could totally understand why she could replace Gina Carano. She's a badass. Right. I got you, I got you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but um, like I said, now, now that I know that there's a final season coming up, yeah, I mean, it's high time for me to jump back on board right. with right. Uh, the Xbox Because I, I saw season one right after you talked about it and reviewed it and loved it. Yeah. Um, and I really dug the world building in it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This whole, you know, the world was developing, how real it felt and whatnot. And yeah, yes, just yeah. it was it was just very yeah, well taught. What, 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 they do, what they do very well is, is what you call the, the No Miracles thing, right? In terms of writing. It, it, it expands when you have like, one miracle which is you have one thing because with sci-fi writing you have to do within the framework of scientific understanding or if you're going to bring in plot devices that beyond the framework of scientific understanding you have to kind of say so the expanse only has one plot device that is within the framework of the, the scientific understanding as we understand it and they keep it there right it's actually well done but you get it it's totally plausible and you accept it no other sci-fi does this very very i don't think any other sci-fi does this as well as as the expanse did in my opinion as far as I know, um, so yeah, okay. it, it's just, just it's just so well thought out and and just yeah, that's a generally excellent show overall, Jared. Yeah, and it, it's I I guess it's intentional though, but you know it's one of those shows that you think you'll be hearing a lot of, you know what I mean? But um, right. I guess it's just with the influx of so I... much shows out there, then it's easy for a show like no. The Expanse to get lost in clutter. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What happened? I, I as I say, sorry to say it. But to me, Cassandra kind of fucked things up. A little bit. Because I showed the show where I have way more. Because here's the problem. He was the person real hyping the show. Him on social media. It, because the show got, remember the show got cancelled now? From, from yes, sci-fi. Yes, and we yes, didn't, from sci-fi. And at the time, we didn't know if, if Amazon would have picked it up or anything like that. And he was like the number one person on social media. Constantly pushing shit. Constantly pushing ideas. Pushing the show. Hyping the show. Getting everybody hyped for the show. Making sure everybody remember the show. And then to hear that bullshit about him come out, it's like, wait, boy, fuck, Jared. That, like, totally, I think that kill, that pull, that totally pulled the wind out of the seals of the show, in my opinion. That just me. That's just my speculation. Right, right. Understood. Okay. Yeah. So, All right. So, let's move on now to the Snoopy show, right? So, um, I, what I'll do, I will just kind of give my history on the show. You give your history on the the the, the franchise, I should say. The, 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 the uh, yeah, the property Enough. itself. Peanuts, um, yeah, peanuts, right? Um, yeah. And then I'll just jump into my thoughts on the show. You jump into your thoughts on the show, and then final rating, right? Yeah. 
So for me though, I mean, I don't want to spend whole day talking about peanuts, right? But yeah, yeah, I mean, we're not, I, we're not, really, not too much to talk about with the show itself. Yeah, uh, but in terms of just peanuts as a whole, literally grew up on it. You know, right. uh, read the comics, um, had a couple of books. You know, we, you know, like ever so often, you would take like, the best, you know, um, strips and put them in this compilation and sell it to to, to kids and whatnot. So yeah, I had a couple of those. I remember I had one for for Calvin and Hobbes. That was also a comic I really grew up on. I actually remember. The, the the final comic that aired, I think that was um uh January sorry, December thirty first, ninety six. I think ninety six is when it wrapped up, right? But anyway, but but with Peter too, like how like I would say how Calvin Hobbes felt like a more existential take on it. You know, it's right. like this kid and this toy tiger, but he's talking about all these things about life and being a kid yeah, right, and all right, that right, kind right. of stuff. Which, which which always struck me, right? I always felt that was really interesting for you know, a comic for kids to go that direction, right? Right. But right. With peanuts, it was more innocent. It was more like, you know, this is how it is to be a to, to be a child. To to be a kid, sorry, you know, to have imagination. But at the same time, life will kick you on your ass, you know what I mean? And that's why we have the right. iconic character, the relatable character, by opinion, of Charlie Brown. Still yeah. one of my favorite, still like top two favorite characters of Peanuts. I you know he's just the lovable loser. You know I mean, you, you yeah. watch him, you know, he he you know the the the, the uh, all the shenanigans with the football and you know with how Snoopy you know always teases him and all that kind of stuff. You know, it, it it's there, right? But you kind of see yourself in him though, especially with um with the animated stuff, which I'll get into in a bit, right? Of course, Snoopy is well, probably top favorite character for me. Yeah, um, you know, I mean, just all the shenanigans he he gets himself into. This is be a fact that he's a dog and he does not do things that a normal dog does. You know, he will sleep on top of his doghouse, right? He, you know, he has this um uh, this this friend, the Woodstock, this this little bird. Uh, he matches himself as you know this pilot, the Red Baron, and it's just right. where his imagination goes and how wild it runs, right? So really love that. Of course, his side characters, you know, Sally, Pigpen, Franklin, Peppermint, Patty, Marcy, Linus, Lucy. Yeah. You know, just just a lot of great characters, right? But how I really really love the 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 the, uh, the property as a whole was through the cartoons itself, right? So um, I'll confess I haven't seen all of the, the big movies. Like, I, I haven't right. seen a boy named Charlie Brown. I haven't seen, you know, Bond Voyage, Charlie Brown, or Snoopy Come Home. But I did see Race for Your Life, Charlie Brown, because that actually showed on TV once, and I, I caught it, I really dug it. Um, but, you know, it was really like the, the holiday specials that really drew me into the world. So, you know, it's the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown, right. I really dug that, the Task of it episode dug that uh but it's really the christmas episode that i love to the, the charlie brown christmas special that is still one of my all-time favorite christmas shows period right um just mainly because of well one thing the music the team song is so iconic and just how they incorporated jazz into this world that i loved you know what i mean and it just really took something really interesting and relatable about christmas like yeah i just not in the spirit but i don't understand why i just built right. this really relatable story out of that right of course you know you have that iconic shot of the kids dancing you know me when they're doing the um preparing for the play and that one kid who does that one dance and i just love <laughs> it's how like johnny bravo years later will copy that i just love that right but anyway so i was just always a fan you know me but ever so often i would just kind of watch those shows every time they show on um, abc i think it was right so cut to you know um when was it uh 2015 and then we got the peanuts movie right 
Um, this was like you know um, the characters in CG for the first time ever. Yeah. I remember seeing it in theaters and I I liked it. I I didn't love it though, but I liked it. Right, it captured the spirit of it, but of uh, you know the spirit and the vibe of of the of the um, the comics and the you know the movies and sorry the cartoons. Um, and you know it was just the characters just being themselves as usual. Of course, you know new actors playing Charlie Brown all that jazz, right? But I think what drew it, what what brought it down for many people for many uh, fans was the animation cell, you know what I mean? Like, yes, right. it's CG and it looks a little more, you know, really, uh, you know, modern, so to speak. But it's something about the hand-drawn style that really made it work, though. And because it just felt like true to what, you know, Charles Schultz was going for, right? So every time you saw the animated shows with that hand-drawn style, it just clicked with a lot of people. And that's the same thing I would say, though, with the, the stupid show, right? Which I will get into in a bit. But yeah, Ricardo, quick history on you know the Peanuts comics and the Oof. cartoons. You don't yeah, spend too long because you know it's it's a lot, but just no, uh, yeah, it, it actually the, the franchise actually hits closer to home for me because I um so my parents bought for me, I don't know if you know what this is, but something called the Charlie Brown Cyclopedia. And what this uh, is no, no. Yeah, what this is is basically like about I think about 13 or 15. I forget how many how many books in total, but it's a bunch of books and all of them is just like information shit. It's just an encyclopedia with the Charlie Brown characters explaining what's going on. And I absolutely used okay. to read this. I used to read this shit as a kid all the time. Like it was just <laughs> a bunch of facts about it. So every book had like something dinosaurs right. or space or whatever it is. And then, yeah, from there on, I just fell in love with the, um, the animated movies, borrowed that shit on VHS, love them. I watched, I pretty sure I'm, aware of every one of these movies the one where, he went, where they went to france and the one where they had a, a summer camp and all of these other, other ones right and right, the, the, the summer camp is um is race for your life i believe it was that that's right. what i saw yeah and yeah so slowly but surely i started to realize wait 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 charlie brown actually surprisingly smarter and deeper than you ever thought it was like i always as a kid i look look i always knew that that um calvin and Hobbes. you know you, you mentioned bill waterson Calvin and Hobbes was always meant to be like a lot more adult and deeper than you thought it was. Because like yeah. my, I remember my dad understand like thinking, oh, that was a really good comic on a really interesting, like surprisingly deep idea though. But Charlie Brown itself, I always treat, treat like kid stuff. I didn't realize no, Charlie Brown itself also deep too. And when it comes to like talking about how like effectively stoicism, right? How to yeah. deal with the troubles of the world, like all these shitty things that could happen to you and why and how. And uh, it's a franchise that I always like really appreciated. And I, I was a big fan of that that recent animated movie. Um I thought it was great. I I, I love the 3D animation personally. I don't understand why anybody hated it, but whatever. Um Yeah, it, it was weird. Like I think people just dumping it too much though, because of how different it looked compared to like, you know, the traditional awesome. style. Right? I thought yeah. it was amazing. Like I, I didn't expect it to be as good as it was. I thought it was great. But yeah, yeah. um to me, you know, it's one of those things that you know, it's a franchise that it, I can't see it going away and I really, really hope more people go, get into it. And what I noticed that Apple is doing, Apple is kind of like catering to, like it, well, with, with this show in particular, it really felt like some kind of PBS kids kind of thing. Like it felt like, like an episode of Arta almost. Yeah, like a, for yeah, real. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, especially we how segmented it is though. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I was like pretty shocked. Like what, 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 where's the, where's, where's the plan that, that, um, what is exactly, you know, you know, oh, the um, purpose. Okay. The purpose of, like what Apple TV doing exactly? Like I wonder if they're trying to become like this basically a gigantic privatized version of PBS effectively. 
like I could totally see them like huh. well you know, like that a big controversy over like this the Super Bowl recently and um what they did with Sesame Street. Like like big corporations own Sesame Street now and people Yeah, say, yeah. Well HBO now owns it. Yeah. Not exactly. not um not, not Max. I think I think normal HBO, yeah? No, but um where call it um this this thing. Uh oh god, the name the Grubhub or one of these big the big food places had a big ad um promoting Sesame Street and people hated it because Oh, I I, I didn't right. I didn't watch that ad though, but I know you talk about it, yeah. Yeah, I feel, and, and yeah, your boy David Diggs was in it, right? And people yes, was like, yes, yes, yes. So I'll, I'll clip it up, yeah. Right, and, and people was up in arms about it. And it's interesting how you know a, you know Apple TV owns owns the, the Peanuts franchise. And what they're going for, like what's gonna happen going forward and what the plan is now. And that, that's fascinating, like what's gonna happen going forward. Um, by the way, I we will start talking about the show itself. Um, good, like good. Yeah, not, it uh, is. It is. Yeah. yeah, it 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 caters a lot. It skews a lot younger than I expected, but still good. Mm. Um, you know, as I said, I mentioned it, it feel like something on on Nick Junior or PBS Kids or something like that, right? Yeah, well, I, I would it, say more more PBS Kids because it really right. did have a have an arter feel to it, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I wondering what going on with this with this um, with with what Apple planned going forward now, and it's interesting how this played out. As I say, for the show itself, it it just skews very young. It, it's not much to see. These great little side stories about about um, what do call it about about Snoopy himself. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't expect it to be as fun as it was. It's nice. It's but it's it's very young. Like I can't say it, it's not too deep, too too deep per se on its own. To really speak of because I really thought it's not like it have the, the kind of workable stoicism and introspection that, that the Charlie Brown um stories have, right? It's not that. It's just these nice little side tales. That's it. Nothing major, nothing else to say other than these these great little side stories and, and fun things. Because it, it's not like you're referencing Charlie Brown himself as it is. Um he barely shows up. They have a bunch of like great little jokes involving him. Well, it's, I would say that he's there, but it's not about him. Like he will still do his shenanigans, but he's just merely there to kind of support Snoopy or just be there when Snoopy needs help, basically. You know? Yeah, um, I I totally agree with you, though. Um, you know, it it is very sweet, very innocent, and whatnot. And I actually have no problem with that. Uh, but like while I was watching this, because it's just only six episodes, which is kind of interesting. But I'll get to that in a bit. Um, but you know, like in the back of my mind, I was wondering, okay, well. All right, what is the purpose of putting this out in 2021, though? Uh, right. And I think just the main thing about it, though, and this is where I think the show succeeds, is just showing that, you know, even in the 2020s, we, you know, you know, the peanuts could still exist, right? It doesn't yeah. have to dilute its formula. It doesn't have to be any edgy or, okay, well, now is the 2020s, so we can't go back to the 60s or the 80s or whatever it is, right? But... You know what I mean? It 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 still has the same sweet, lovable charm, and like I say, just the innocence of it all. Like you can watch this and not feel like it's trying to, you know, brainwash kids or anything like that. Though it is just so sweet and this harmless. Um, the 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 voice acting is is great. You know what I mean? And yes. it's just ever so. It, just because the voices are so simple, you know, you could just cast literally any unknown person you'll be like oh well, it sounds eerily similar to how you know this charlie brown sounded in the movies or whatever it is now that's one thing that they nail well um also i thought that the the animation uh i really have to come in the animation too so not anything spectacular but it's just how it looks 
just like um you know the the, the old cartoons and just the comics yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah i mean all that's covered but you could tell that they really went out of their way to just give you a pure version of the the, the strips themselves right yeah. so yeah we round of applause to the to the castle crew involved uh it's six episodes, like I say, so we get three short segments. You know, it's very reminiscent of like, um, you know, 90s TV shows, you know, like your, your Tiny Toons Adventures, your Tom and Jerry Kids. Uh, I'm not too familiar with like the Peanut series, like in the 80s or whatnot. So I assume that they had a similar format, but, you know, I could be wrong because I haven't seen them. But yeah, I mean, they, 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 they fly by very, uh, very quickly. Uh, you know, we just a lot of, a lot of, um, isms with uh you know snoopy you know the stuff that you expect yeah. with him the you know the interactions with uh woodstock you know in his imagination running wild i just keep things very very simple very very lightweight right i know for some people like okay i'll, I'll just say this before i get to it right i would say at this moment if you just don't care about peanuts or you just felt like i know it also people just probably felt like feel like they just grew uh, out you know out, outgrew it you know what I mean? it's just like yeah, this was cool when I was like a kid, but now, eh, you know, because I'm all right. cynical and whatnot, right? But this one shows that you know, yeah, there's still a place for you know this this um uh, this this franchise here, and shockingly, it doesn't have to dilute itself. It doesn't have to be modern for the sake of being modern, i.e., like Sesame Street, for example. Right. It just keep things pure, just the way how how Charles shows wanted to be, um, and yeah, that that that's it. So I would say. I would say that if you go in expecting something way more, then you'll be disappointed by it, right? But I would say for me, like, you know, if I have kids and they just never um, do anything about peanuts, all they just do is just the, the uh, holiday specials, I'd show them this and they, they, they'd probably like it. You know what I mean? And for me as, as a fan, you know, I, I watch it and I enjoy it. You know what I mean, it's not a show that I'll be, you know, like highly looking out for, uh, looking forward to the, the second season, but I do hope that we get a, a, another one. Um, the last thing I'll say before I get to read it, um, I don't know if this... I, I, I really am curious as to the longevity of this series. Like, if we're going right. to get a lot of seasons, I right. doubt it. But luckily, what we get here is 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 good enough. Um, let's say that it's less way to that, but it's just exactly what you expect. And yeah, I mean, if it's broke, they'll try to fix it, right? So me, rating-wise, I'll give this a strong trade after light format. I'd say it is worth checking out, uh, especially if you're a fan of the show. Uh, I had a smile on my face, you know, while watching you know, all two hours of this of this uh, season one here. And um, yeah, I mean, if you're a fan of the, the, the franchise, you'll absolutely love this. But just don't go in expecting this thing to be some modern take on, you know, the series now. But I think that it really succeeds in, in seeing yeah, we had a new we had a new decade, but you know, here's this thing that's still tried and true, man, and still you know delivers the the, the charm, right? So right. yeah, what boy what boy can ask for? Uh, thoughts on on well, any more thoughts if, if you have on yeah, the, no, um, the show? Yeah, I I, I, I don't have much else to say other than it it it's it's just really wholesome. You know, it caters to the younger. Or it's it's for kids. Like it it just does these great little stories and and little side things. I that's why I don't really um like too you know. It have not. I don't know if I won't say it, it has nothing to say because it doesn't really have any, any particular like moral stories to speak of. Um, but it's just like just fine. Like it, it just appreciated what it is and what it's trying to do. It's, it's great. That's it. I mean, yeah. yeah. I don't, as written and, and for for its purposes, I, I give it like a, a 
like a like an eight out of ten. Because it's just so well executed. It's funny. Right. It's charming. That's it. Like it has nothing else to see. Because I don't expect to like talk about it. I'm not to get to talk about Poseidon to speak of. As I said. Um, but yeah, eight out of ten. I, I thought it was pretty good for what it was. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right, and now at long last, let's talk about Malcolm and Marie. So, um, all right, so I will just kind of do these stops for this, if you don't mind, and um, you get your thoughts into my thoughts, right? So, uh, I was, you know, like since late last year, we were here, it's really grapevine, like, you know, why we were all home, you know, what I mean, wondering uh, what, what new movies were coming out. We were here and talk about, you know, this movie with John David Washington and Zendaya, you know, what I mean, and and you know they they they, they film this during quarantine, and you know it's it's supposed to be this this romantic film, and you know from the jump you're like, all right, John and Zendaya, okay, right. Uh, all right, okay, <laughs> but I mean like like I know John to be you know a, a really established actor, right? Uh, but Zendaya, you mean like I I honestly missed out um, on Euphoria. I you know right. shame on me. I know I know it's a great show. And I know they were those um, those couple episodes that came out um, around Christmas time, right? But yeah, that is on my to-watch list, right? So not to worry. And uh, there was even that instance where I thought, like, her character was technically kind of similar to who she plays in that show. Yes. But you'll get to yes. that in a bit. Yeah, and yeah, I was exactly, like, right. I, I, yeah. I, I feel that's intentional. I feel that's I was thinking that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, and, you know well, when the, the trailer dropped um, uh, last month, actually, right? I was like, all right, black and white, again, the style of it. It have a sort of marriage story style to it where it's this couple and they're quarreling, but it has to be more to it than that, right? But I was I was not blown away by the trailer for it, but I was like, oh, this this, this should look impressive, you know what I mean? But uh, what it is about in a nutshell, yeah, in a nutshell, right? It's about, well, you know, this couple, Malcolm, uh, Elliot, who is played by John David Washington, he is a screenwriter slash director, um, and he just comes. He will basically, it's all. It takes place during the course of a long night, right? So, comes home from this film premiere. Um, he's with his girlfriend Marie Jones, played by Am Zendaya, and you know he's all really excited. You know what I mean? As as I imagine, many directors are after you know they get you know um, uh, a great reception from showing your film, right? So he's in this high right now, you know what I mean? He just wants to kick back and relax. And, you know, he he's with this, you know, he's with this girl now. You know I mean? So it's like, yeah, you know what I mean? We're happy, right? But she, on the other hand, is not happy, right? And then we learn that um, he pretty much based the film on her life because we learn right. through the conversation that she was this recovering drug addict. Um, and it was rough for her, you know what I mean? Just getting over drugs and whatnot. But, you know, she's sober, right? And she really, well, she has Malcolm to thank for that, right? So she owes a lot to him, right? So he kind of based the film around her, even though he called the, the, the character Imani and saying, well, it's based off of, and we learn this later on, you know, my other girlfriends, right? And they were similarly damaged like you, you know, that kind of stuff. And it's just these characters, well, sorry, just these two characters basically going back and forth, like ever so often it would be just, elongated argument of the times it's just all right you know i i, I love these little you know um <clears throat> these little flaws about you all that kind of stuff and it's clear that they they, they know each other you know we talked about it they, they know their weaknesses and the strengths all that kind of stuff right, right but yet still there will be a moment where something is revealed and it's like well, what do you mean and it just kind of leads to this bickering back and forth right 
And yeah, essentially, that's what we get here in this film, which is... And oh, by the way, uh, while all this kind of sounds like more drama than romance, you do get a, you know, a little romantic moment here and there between the two right. of them. Nothing too explicit, but, you know, it, it's there. You could, you could feel the, 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 the connection between the two of them, right? But, yeah, mainly it's just these two just trying to sort each other out, just wondering, you know... Why am I in this relationship? Um, what is what's in it for me? Why do I still have feelings for this guy or for this girl who just would rip me to shreds? You know what I mean? At a moment's notice, and yeah, that's what Malcolm Memory is, uh, is about. So, Ricardo, honest opinion on this movie here? I I I uh, personally loved it. Um, you know, two of them just hold it together. It's a great little bottle film. And I had a ton of fun with it. Like it was, it was. <laughs> I really, re- I really wish I saw this in theaters because the whole time I could imagine, you know, the audience are are, are projecting my head of of who I'll see it with would just be like, ooh, yeah, ooh, like, yeah, whoa, you know, the whole yeah. time, I, you know, is the bottle combat or you know, is the bottle combat audience, eh? Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I, I thought it was great, and what I liked about it is how is how introspective it was when it comes to uh, Malcolm himself. Like clearly, clearly, you know, it's a film, it's a filmmaker jab thing, right? Because it's him. Yeah, yeah. Yes, he has. He is so incredibly insufferable, but at the same time, you get that he's brilliant, eh? But he's so incredibly insufferable, and you know, what I like about it is that it started with him being well, effectively drunk. Right, a goddamn yes. alcoholic. I, I I thought that the film would have addressed that where he probably himself has a little bit of a drinking problem. Um but I, I like that it, what it did with it in terms of just him just getting called out for he bullshit. I love that. Um it was it was surprisingly smart. Let, let us be clear about it. Yeah? Zandaya um, Zendaya is a treasure. She's like really good though. And I oh, was, yeah. if, if we get any name wrong, I mean, it's Zendaya, Zendaya, I see. I, I think it's Zendaya. I think it's Zendaya. I think it's Zendaya. But um, the two of them were really good together. Um, I never liked John David Washington's acting until this. Like, I like him kind of in Tenet, but he was kind of flat in Tenet. Um, I kind of like him uh, in Black Panther. He's kind of outshine in Tenet, to be honest. Well, yeah, that's where. Yeah. I, I, I thought he was... Like, 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 look at that scene with him and, and, um, and Michael... Um, Oh gosh, I got any name wrong, but yeah, Michael Keane, yeah, like right. th- this is a one scene with him, just like whoa, you know. Yeah, no, but I, 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 I thought he was a little flat also in Black Clansman, but in this, I thought he was great. Like he was like absolutely, like it's one of those, you know, I, I call it the, the tailor made moment where they clearly fit the kind of person he might really be, and they do a great job with the dread. As usual, he ta- he channeling the father. You know, as oh, well. oh boy, like, especially yeah, when yeah. he argues, yeah. you can hear, yeah. you can hear his dad's yeah. voice, boy. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, for real, eh? You know, as I say, when you close your eyes, when you close your eyes, you think he's your father, right? You know, uh, no, but I, I, I bet, I bet, even his father, you know, um, is like proud, like, yeah, that's my boy. Yeah, that's my yeah, boy. You know, for real, eh? No, but I, I thought I, I really had a lot of fun with this because it's like, way boy, this is all cutting deep dread. Because the thing is, it's just, it's more. What I like about it is the whole, what. A, it did really well is the whole exploitation of someone else's narrative. I really like that. Very few people talk about that. I don't know what to call it, but it's, it's a kind of narrative injustice where other people can, uh, it's not that, it's not that you don't get to tell your story. And it's not that 
um, other people tell your story incorrectly or other people bury your story, other people tell your story in a, in a bad way or to make you look in a bad light. As I say, history, um, history undermines, you know, history gets to tell the story, right? It's, it's, it's the Just Whedon problem, right? Other people get to tell your story in the way you want to tell it. But because they're in a position of effectively power, they get to tell the story. Even though they tell it in a good way, in the way you wanted to tell it. You know, there, there's someone else might tell it in a, in a better way, but they still do it justice. And that in itself is a kind of injustice. And I love how Marie brings that up. How, because of her life, because she's suffering from the drug problem, again, you're wondering if it's, if it's a, a follow-up of the character, you know, is the character from Euphoria grew up a little bit. Um, and I love that they get into that aspect of someone else telling your story. And I myself have placed myself in that position of me being a storyteller. Oh. I'm a black man. So yes, black people suffer. But I'm also a cisgendered man and I'm also a straight man. So therefore, I have a ton of advantages. And then where I live in Trinidad, I am the 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 advantage person. I'm very wealthy, relatively wealthy, I should say. You know, stonks and whatnot and Bitcoin and all that bullshit. And I, I have all this free time on my life. And I... You know, the only thing that I'm not, I'm not, um, you know, in terms of storytelling, the only thing I am not uh, engaged in is other people's stories. And the, the mere novelty of other people's stories, in, you know, is, is, is a straight up of that. Uh, sorry for rambling, right? Apologies. No, no, that's right. That's right. Right. But you get my point, right? Is, is you, you, tell, you get to tell a, a, its own personal story. And I, I've, I've, I've had moral moral indignation about that where i okay so i like in my sci-fi novel it have a couple of transgendered characters for example but i'm not transgendered right yeah. why would i tell this person's story i have no working narrative of that the only reason i know about transgender people is my own research and contrapoints videos right and well right, now right. and now and well now abigail Thorne's videos right that's yeah. the reason i know about transgendered people but I'm not well, trying to. But it's not to say that you don't have the you know, oh you don't have the right to incorporate right. the, and, the right. characters exactly. into your story because right. you you haven't struggled like them you know exactly. like I understand yeah and it's not it's not that you cancel a person for that or anything like that it's not but it, it is a very let us call it insidious form of exploitation where you get to control someone else's stories I love that she brought that up I I don't know if this is by intention by the screenwriter but this was absolutely brilliant in my opinion of bringing that in terms of a character perspective of, of a person. The idea of what kind of, like, you have the, the last type of, I don't know what it, what it is, but it, this is the type of storyteller that we have to call out. Where, and again, I like that we, we talk about Joss Whedon, because Joss Whedon kind of like that. Where he himself has been, been behind the scenes very abusive to women, right? And let's admit it's mostly women. I have not heard a single man complain. All I heard is had something about James Masters that, had a whole situation who played Spike in, in Buffy and Angel. Um, but it's mostly women. But he himself also had narratives about women and he himself pushed women's narratives forward. So how you feel about that? And that's a weird, like, high wire act that a certain type of, I, I would like to call it liberal man or leftist man or progressive man, have to contend with. I myself have to put, put myself in that position of, you know, is it, the Hugh Hefner argument, right? Was Hugh Hefner a good feminist? Yes or no? Right, a lot of people will tell you yes. A lot of people will tell you no, but right, it's, right. It's, it's it's a time and place argument, right? Or or like a liberal like Bill Maher. Bill Maher again dragged for his opinions nowadays, but Bill Maher is effectively a very good liberal in the time he existed. 
right? Because of what he represented at the time. You know, it's, it, you don't have any control over that narrative, right? And I love that the film did that. He as a filmmaker, the type of story she's trying to tell him, but he himself taking advantage and being exploitative. I don't think abusive, although he's very verbally abusive and we'll get into that. And I like that they're getting to that aspect of it. He himself is very verbally abusive, but there, there's a really good sense of introspection in this script. I have no idea what the filmmaker thinks or who the person is, like in terms of like who wrote it. But I, I was absolutely impressed by by the John David Washington's characterization in this. And I absolutely love that. That aspect of him and, and just digging into his characterization and dragging him and, and on what she does. Because nothing about her really gets into that. There's one moment that I thought was great though, that humanizes her and brings her down, uh, down, her, down her notch, but it still works, is when she mm-hmm. was like mad, mad about... Um, She's mad about not casting her. Yes, yes. yes. I love that. Yeah, that's I, I love, I love the timing of when that that came yes. in. By the way, yes, you're yes. just like, okay, but really, what gave you so pissed? And then when she said, right. like, oh, right, and I, I love, I love that they did that because it, it also, it also frames her as being very human. She dragging him, and she, she, she coming for a position of judgment, but she do it for a very petty and ostensibly very material reason. I like that. It doesn't make her this magic angel person and this perfect victim. It makes her very human, but it makes her also come from a good place. And I, from a from a script writing standpoint, this is so damn good. It's one of the best bottle films I've ever seen in a long time. Eh? The last time I had his rate up a bottle episode or a bottle film is, is the episode of DS9 Duet. Like, it's, it's that level of, like, you have you just have a house. You just have two people. And you just have two people just going at it in terms of their emotions and... and and feelings and, and, and behavior about the, 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 the story. And that's it. And it's an absolutely wonder. Great black and white, great use of, 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 of what do you call it, chiaroscuro. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes. yes, yes. Just, just good shadows, good use of, of lighting and, and framing, um, camera moves in, in simple ways. It's, it's great filmmaking and it's simple, John. And it's just a, a great story that builds from there. And, and I just was so engrossed the entire time. Absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it. Anyway, go ahead. All right. All right. So, uh, by the way, as you can tell, I've had two glasses of wine. So, yeah, <laughs> I a, little more, a little more than I should. I shouldn't do this, yeah. but whatever. No, 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 no. But, 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 but a show like this, though, needs to be discussed, right? So, right, I'll just right. get this out of the way, right? There will be people who will not like this. There, there are people already who right. kind of criticize the film because of how it's written, right? Right. I understand why, right? So, yes. Um, these these two characters, it's just the two of them. They do the only two sides issue. Yes, they bicker, they quarrel. There's a lot of arguments involved, right? Yes, I know for some people this will get them on their nerves. You'll be like, okay, so what's the point? I'm just watching two 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 um two two characters just cuss each other out. And right, oh, right. by the way, for for y'all like conservative viewers, there's a lot of f bombs being thrown in this to like ridiculous amount. Though. Like I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> But it works, right. so it, it works. Right, 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 right. But I will lie though, it was some score CC level kind of shit though, <laughs> which is a compliment, right? right? But right. yeah, I mean, I would understand why people would dig it though. But I, I like, all right. So for me, I would say I'm some big expert as far as you know relationships, relationships and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I've had my experience here or there. I kind of tend to avoid being in situations where. I could tell that, you know, the, the, the person, the significant other is toxic, right? But here, they frame it in such a way that 
in a way they both are or it kind of brings the toxicity out of each other in a sense. Yes. But at the same time, when you take it, but why why is she with him? You know what I mean? That doesn't mean the question. Like, why is she right. with him? Or why a guy like him who is so well established, quote unquote, and knows so much, why why he choose this person? And then there's yeah. this great moment where I said where he was talking about uh what inspired the Ibadi character. And like, right. oh, he's attracted to these kind of like damage. You know, yes. women, right? I know. Yes, but at the same, same time, at the same time, you're just like, but, but why do? But no, no, isn't but, that but, true of like most relationships? So is that true no, no, no. Of, of most people? What I like about it, because I myself have, I, I know, so I, I, not, I don't think I attracted to damaged women or anything like that. That is not the argument. But I, I'm, a, I'm, I am, I am attracted to a story, right? I want a novel story, and, right. and what makes a story interesting. That's what I liked about it. It was very meta in that way. Where yes. it, it gets into a, a story and you, you you focus on a person for a while, but you see here's the, here's the insidious pattern. This is why I myself here's my I, I myself feel a little guilty about this. That ultimately I don't think I'm helping these people, right? You know, right. like like I I have I have like every time I, I write a script or write a, a story or something like that, it's all about always about a person. I don't necessarily know personally, but it's almost at the same time you're not really solving their problems, and you're just making a I don't know what to call it, but it's, it's, it's almost like a kind of narrative masturbation where it's just pleasuring yourself on the suffering of, of another person. And right. that's what I liked about this, that he, the, she calls him out on that. And I, I thought that was absolutely brilliant. I thought it was really, really brilliant in that sense. That's a subtle thing, eh? but it's still yeah. good. Yeah, 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 it is. Right. So, you know, like, like, so I would understand for some people, they might just find this to be a drag or just be like, right. well, what was the point of all this, right? But as someone who, you know, honestly, once again, just do, you know, don't do every single thing when it comes to relationships, you know, this, this felt like just the, one of the most realistic depictions of what a relationship is, right? Because right. remember, at the end of the day, it's a partnership. It's you have to support the other person. You have to deal with their bullshit and vice versa. And that's how it is, right? But it could be to the point where it's like, all right, this is too much for me. Or you cross the line, or this is too, I, or you gone too far. I have to leave. But at the same time, what the show frames so well is that you can kind of tell why they why they 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 in it, right? So, what what are, in, in what a sense, are, what's like, in a sense, the show yeah. leaves it up to you to ask: Do they really need each other? Do they deserve right. each other? Right. I would say yes, or I would say right. they do it the best that they can no, uh, to to be in the relationship. Because in my opinion, they could have just like left. They could have just left each other. But then again, right. That that's not what the show is about, right? No, yeah. right. So, so two things that I thought was was kind of brilliant. One, it was a v- incredibly plausible argument because I, I remember someone yes, I yes, who it yes. was who said who said who said it, that the film was too long, and I was like, no, how it's really? supposed to be. like that's how an argument plays out. Well, what they felt it, it was like what could have been an hour and a half or something, or something like that, say, right? But that too short. <laughs> it it wrap up right. No, but what I what I liked about it is that what it did really well is that it framed it it framed a very plausible argument. When you when you're arguing with somebody, you're not remembering every bullet, every point, and then at the same time, you're also trying to disingenuously weaponize everything they do, and you'll forget something, and you have a little bit of staircase wit. So you'll you'll uh, you know like five minutes later, you'll come back and say, "Hey, I remember this thing," and then you'll try to like contrive an argument to to get them back. And you walk back in the room and so Yeah, yeah, that's just that's, about that's how human beings argue. I mean, that's second what we do. Thing, second thing, it's not an entirely toxic relationship. At no point I looked at this relationship and think, nah boy, they're not supposed to be together. Like I like I understand why they're together and why they make these decisions about each other. 
and no point I feel way boy she terrible for him or he terrible for her like yeah it's a bad night and yes he is drunk let's be clear about that um that that's why a big factor a big a reason like so nobody have a clear head here but at the same time you, they 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 they're not that bad for each other like they learn to they know how to cool down with each other they know how to de-escalate when the time is right and then their emotions crop back up again and that's why it works it's such a great simple dynamic but it works so well it's worked so so well yeah so yeah yeah, yeah. right so and and last thing in terms of criticisms that other people have with this right so i can imagine a lot of couples watching this i just feel a little uncomfortable like I don't want to be like them, or we just really argue like this. So, right. you know, thank God we don't we don't argue to that degree because I know everything about you and all that kind of stuff, right? But no, this is just a portrait. This is just about these two characters. It's not so much that you have to put yourself into Malcolm or Marie. It's just one night seeing these two characters kind of bicker, figure things out. Right. And for what it's worth, yeah, this 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 worked for me as well. Um, I do love it, love it, love it at, at the moment though. But this is right. one of those movies that I feel with more viewings, I really grew to appreciate that, especially with the with the screenplay, which for some odd reason is being criticized. But once again, I understand why because of oh, like the thing is, like surface level, people just think oh, it's just a movie about you know this couple just try to pick any and everything out of their ass and from their minds and whatnot right, and using right, that right, as right, weapons right. to to cut each other down to side. But no, it's not exactly that shit. It's it's way deeper than that. I love the the meta take on it, especially with Malcolm just being so knowledgeable about film. Um I made this joke on Facebook. The good review rant is basically him reading I this absolutely love LA that Times movie. review yeah. rant is one of the best moments of this that, entire film. That, I was yeah. cracking up at it. I, I was watching yeah. like this is what this is how I imagine a character would be, Joe, where someone who do hundred percent get the film but still give it a good review that, you know, still piss this guy listen, off. And listen, how John I, went off in that scene. I, I was I, like, all right, well what what I say? I would say because okay, so the talk is there's there's gonna be some Oscar buzz around this, right? It right. being two film sorry, two characters, two actors, the simple setting, the, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's it's an Oscar beat kind of film. Kinda, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. So right. I feel that one moment could be like, Yeah, we are get John something, you know? We are nominate well, John Dread. I think that one moment I was like if it wasn't yeah. if it, yeah. <laughs> if it wasn't for our next movie we got a review, I would I would agree with you, eh? Yeah, but um, I mean, he, he was he was killing it before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, no, that, but I, that I, one I, moment, I was like, "This is brilliant! It's funny, it's yeah. cynical, it's dark, yes. and I just love it. Everything about it." And this one, I think, okay, he done. All right, no, he keeps going and yes. going. I'm like, God, what? 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 You know, yeah, we hear about the quote-unquote black backhanded compliment, but from your perspective, like the person being good, but you reading it as a backhanded compliment, and yeah, I love yeah. that it did that. He totally like don't give. We have no charitability to this 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 um reviewer. And yeah, a white I, reviewer, mind you, right? It's a white yeah. woman. It's a whole thing, and he, he brings it all. In, and, and that's what I like about it. It's this kind of borderline pseudo victimhood. He gets what I like about it is they get mad about the one thing that he legitimately is concerned about, whether or not he's mediocre or talented. I love that. A little small thing, but it's a yeah, big yeah. for a lot of people like that. Especially and I like how they because he's a black director as well now. It's like, well, yeah, yeah. you're a black director, but you're mediocre. So it still have that 
yeah, I, I don't want to call it, but you know, the France run on blackface, white mask stuff, right? Yeah. Um, you know, you're still internalizing mediocrity and you're not allowed to be mediocre. So that's like a big deal for him now. I love all these little small yeah. things. All yeah, these yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so so let's, let's just wrap it up. Don't worry, we're going to wrap it, right? But yeah, though, that, that, that moment was great too. Just the, the acting level that they brought to the table though was right. fantastic, Jed. Um, Sadea yeah. was a dyer. Um, she really impressed me as well, though. At first, I thought that she was going to kind of buckle under the weight of, you know, John, but nah, right. she she held her own too, boy. And you know what I mean? Like, it was yeah. it was brave of her to even be in this film. Like, not seeing this some overly challenging role for her, right? But it could tell that she drew a lot from herself too, Jed, because, yeah, when she got emotional, she got emotional. When she was cocky, yeah. she was cocky. When she was pissed off, you really felt that, though. And with John, well, you know, he challenged, he pops. So, you know, you always, you, you get the swag ever so well, often, though. Uh, okay, but you get so... the, oh, you emasculated me. All right, I could come back for you. There's a moment right, with, though, for example, want... with her um, in, in a bathtub, right? And right, he just right. come, hit she, hit she, boom, 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 right? Right. Then leaves the room and then comes back and You're then right. boom, boom, yeah. boom, again. Yeah. Right. And yeah. she ain't even seen nothing. There's just no, one tear run down, and then she come back like, nah. Right. I go fuck right. it up now. Boom. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. What, what I like about it, it has that plausibility. It and and what it was interesting too is the age dynamic, because I, I remember a lot of people um complete some some right. Well, well, if because yeah, they're roughly twelve years apart from each other. And right. At, but yeah, that, what was what uh, at first going into this, I was like, well, I hope they don't make this thing too. Exp- no, too um too apparent basically, um but that that's why I imagine uh, that, maybe it's I, I guess it's a decision behind the scenes no, why no, yes that, when you do you know get together it's not anything yeah. too really sexual I say that no 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 but that that fed into the narrative because it's like well he you know as a person you're really sure what going on see internally in terms of like well why would you pick this girl why she's so young brother i have my i myself have been in situations like this where i was like i really like this girl so and so and i guess i didn't ask you her age or anything like that it's not like no no under age shit or anything like that not that bullshit but no 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 no, no, no. it's it's like she just say or do certain things and you yourself as a, as a guy your age is like wait boy like really you're supposed to be doing this girl though i nothing nothing illegal yeah, but no no it it, it it happens it happens it's it, a weird it, it it's a weird thing i have to accept, yeah. i have been in situations like this myself where it's like, mm. hey, but this girl kind of too young for you and it's not because of the law. Like, not the issue. Nothing morally gross about it or anything, anything like that. But right. it's just weird. And it's something yeah. I always had a problem with growing up as a kid. Like, it's like, hey, this girl kind of young for you. Like, you know, once you're... Like, for me, my rule of thumb was the, the four years apart thing. If you're four years apart, rule of thumb, high school. If you're not... Yeah, yeah. If, if you're in high school and the person not in high school, that's a problem. Like right, my, a, my, my, mine is five and up, but you're right, four, right, okay, right. Okay. Around four or five, right? Exactly. Right. Around that. And my attitude is that if a cat talk about the same things, there's a whole issue. And I love that this 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 kind of did that, right? It's like, well, she's suffering from drug issues, but he exploiting that a little bit, and it's a really yes. subtle, not gaslighting, but it's a subtle form of exploitation. And I love that they get into that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, right. So, so that, that's the roads up, that's the roads up because there's just so much to talk right. about, right? So, right. the movie that they, they keep comparing this to is um, Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf, right? Right. I right. don't think I ever saw that film before. I know it's a classic, I really should right. watch it, right? And then, you know, maybe when I watch it, I'll be like, oh, that's where they get from because they do the black and white um, right. uh, photography, which by the way, 
looks excellent though and yeah they they, they shot it at um 35 millimeter which would explain the, the greeny look but i think it works too but you know in terms of cinematography the lighting uh, was excellent in my opinion uh the the, yeah. the the uh the framing of, of shots and just see the slight camera movement there. there's a great opening scene basically with um with John, you know what I mean, basically singing the song, and you see right. uh, Zidia outside smoking a cigarette, and the camera just pa- just just moves to the left and just keeps moving to the yep. right slowly, right? I love that. Just those little decisions. Uh, the guy who directed it and wrote it, uh, Sam Levinson, Levinson, sorry, he's the guy who created Euphoria. And just offered this movie, right. I'm like, yeah, I need to check his. I need to watch Euphoria. I need to check his other workout because I thought that right. he he did a great job here. Uh, but the beauty of the show, though, is just how deep it goes and just how it shows this this uh, really complex relationship between the two of them. So, yes, at first glance, you might think, well, it's just them arguing that that's the show. Like, no, it goes way deeper than that. And for me, I know it more views than just me digging a little deep into the characterization. And that's where the show deals near flawlessly, in my opinion, the characterization, where there's so much being said, so much things not being said, right? Where... You know, in more viewings, I imagine, yeah, it will just be more and more clear to me. At the end of the day, okay. it just shows just how complex and fiery and chaotic, you know what I mean, just being a relationship is, just what love is, right? And if, yeah, that, that's the intention of this movie, and I think that they just nailed it, right? right. So, at the end of the day, I see this showing up uh, in, my, in, my, in my top, you know, 10 for the year, for sure. Um, and I would love to see this show up. I think with, I think. Like people giving it a hard time now, but I think like over the next few months, when more people check yeah. it out and stuff, I think more people will acclimatize it, and you know it will show up at our best stuff for sure. As far I... as Oscars, if it get nominated, I'll be happy. I don't want to, I, I like all right. I, I don't want to do the, the green book thing where it's like, oh, here's this critical no, yeah, no. that's basically like a remake that. of a, of another film. Like no, right. no, 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 no. But it, it has to get nominated for something. If if that best actor or actress, give it to like or or. At least they get our best cinematography or whatnot, right? But yeah, to me, this show is a real deal. Um, yeah, it, it, it may be a little rough to sit through, though, but it's it's just the complexity of it, and that's that's really where the show deals. So, rating wise, I'm going with a strong four to five, man. And I have a feeling right. that when the more viewers are, are, are given, this could bump up to a light or a decent four and a half or a five. But yes, this is the big deal. I would say this is not a Valentine's Day film at all, but it's one yeah. that. You know, whether you're in a relationship or not, or like me, single, you could still watch it and still be like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, like this is like the kind of stuff you'll have to deal with. And it, it kind of forces you to kind of look at yourself as a person and be like, right. okay, like, what am I really bringing into a relationship and all that kind of stuff? And yeah, I, I thought, and by the way, last thing, um, John and Zinnia, they, they, they killed the dude. Um, the chemistry on screen, just the way how they just do these scenes, these long takes. Excellent, in my opinion, though. I mean, uh, I mean, the future is bright for for both of them, especially especially as a dear when it comes to these um these dramatic rules and all that. And yeah, I mean, this is a real deal for me. So, go in, just go go in, kind of keep your expectations low, but don't look at it like oh, it's just a show about two people arguing. It's it's right. weird, but than that man. So, yeah, last thoughts and rating on Malcolm and Marie. Yeah, 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 yeah. For me, uh, rating, I rating. I give it like a nine out of ten. I thought it was surprisingly introspective. I think it's one of those things that just kind of hit close to home. So like, it, there's that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, well, I, I, I just, as I say, close to home, dude. The, just him, just Malcolm being a filmmaker and reacting the way he does, though. You know, I would like. I was watching. It's like I hope I don't be like that tonight. I hope you know? that 
my 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 wife to be understands why I'm making film and I'm gonna you know wait till the night of the premiere when we come home and rip me to shreds because of what I do you know. Right. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Uh, that that was all. all uh, I just felt it just did such a great job with a lot of that. And uh, yeah, um, yeah. So nine out of ten for me. Uh, this was just truly excellent in my opinion. All right. Nice. 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 Okay. And now let's talk about. Well, actually, we have two films to talk about, right? Well, I take it you didn't see MLK FBI, so I did. Um, oh, you did. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah. Nice. Pat on the back, man. Well done. Because I told you to watch that shit, right? Um, and Judas and the Black Messiah. So this is going right. to be a double feature, so to speak, right? So, like I said at the beginning of the episode, I found out about this uh, uh, late, late January, right? So before Black History Month, right? I didn't know what it was about. I just saw the title. I was like, oh, okay, right? But uh, I was hearing greetings about it. So, you know, I, I gave it a look. I actually told you, Ricardo, check it out. And luckily for me, I saw this right before watching Judas and the Black Messiah. And I think, well, just to jump into what it's about, I think that they work so well together, right? I think that it is uh, the perfect, like, supplementary film to watch before or after watching uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, right? So uh, I'll just keep things short as far as what MLK FBI is about, right? So it's a documentary film. It's directed by Sam Pollard. Yeah. Yeah. So, what this film is about, it just basically explores um, this in detail uh, how Martin Luther King was being um, investigated by the FBI, right? Which, as we know, was led by J. Edgar Hoover, right? Um, Even to the point where, well, there's these um, declassified documents that were, um, you know, released to the to the web some years ago, right? So they basically use that as a framework for this film here, right? Different individuals, are, well, I should say just a few individuals uh, are interviewed, but what they did so excellently is that you would just see the name show up at the, the bottom left of the screen, but you'll hear the voice. And it's right. only in the films, like, coda, basically, where you just see them being interviewed, where they are being asked a, a particular question, right? But a majority of the film centers on just archival footage with uh, right. MLK. Um, it's between, I think it's from the late 50s to the time where he got assassinated, right? And it's at the same time, though, we just see in just the development of the FBI, the uh, how they became popular through TV shows and movies, and you know, just the idea that you know they're 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 just out to just keep America safe from you know communists and all that kind of stuff. Right, but right. really, really going that far just to track someone who they think personally will stir up some serious trouble in the United States, when in actuality, not not so much. Not the case. I mean, he was. You know, compared to somebody like a Malcolm X, for example, he was not about you know trying to rile well, people or black people, you know, to to you okay, know. So I, I, I to react violently either. You know, no, here's the thing. I I would argue, I would argue that that MLK he was more subversive and more radical than MLK ever was, in my opinion. Or oh, more uh, more radical than Malcolm X. Right, but it, uh, it, it, uh, well, just 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 put up as well. Okay, so, right? Is it because of his um his his church background? No, no, no. Or he was well, just able to see people with, you know, that that. No, no. In terms of in terms, in terms of his position, like where the end game of him was, uh, I, would, I I would argue that he was a lot more. I wouldn't say progressive, but more 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 quote unquote revolutionary than Malcolm X was. Malcolm X was like the firebrand, but he wasn't like the person to really like dig deep and twist the knife in the system. Though. Right. Like, like, oh, okay. I understand? Because right. yes, in the show they did mention that um how mm-hmm. close he was. You know what I mean? To you know um well to. 
certain aides of the president and whatnot, you know, right. like he just exactly. people. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he was like an incredibly shrewd political actor. Like, the one thing about Malcolm, uh, Malcolm Martin King Jr. that people don't get is he's not some secular saint. Like, the secular saint narrative is something that I think, I think frankly, deserves him. Like, what right. he really was. And I, I thought the Ava DuVone film like, did a good job of, of addressing that. Of no, he's actually a really shrewd political actor and knew what he was doing. And that's oh, yeah, that, that, that film being Selma, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that makes him better, uh, in my eyes, historically, you know. Like in terms of this, no, he's not some bullshit magical person. No. He works, he, he knew what to do, he knew how to change things and actually get shit done. No. Um, yeah. but yeah, go ahead. No. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that, that well, oh, oh, I forgot to mention one last thing now. Um, also, they were keeping tabs on him. They were they were recording, you know. But right. we see there were certain recordings involving his um, private sexual life, which right. um, the show itself doesn't go very deep into. But they do mention certain things that you know were intended to discredit him. Because yeah, there's a moment where they reveal that um, that reveal they actually leaked a sorry I shouldn't say leaked they actually put out a, a recording you know involving um, uh, Martin in a room with you know someone who wasn't his wife. That's all you'll say. Yeah, you like prostitutes, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, where where the film ends basically is that um, just that just the that that whole information concerning that and other things will be available to the public will be made available right. to the public in 2027, right? Right. And where the show ends, you know, in um, going back to the same interviewees who we see now, is once these things are out, um, how will people feel about him going forward, right? Right. And that that's all I'll say here. So um, before I get to it, I'll say, Ricardo, um, I really, really dug this, though. This is yeah. one of the best documentaries I've seen for the year. And I mean, the year technically does start, and I haven't seen that much documentaries, but this one really really got to me um for one thing just the use of archival footage you know i'm a huge fan of that but just using it to just tell this really tight narrative worked for me right um the choice of music um the choice of shots alone you know i mean this worked right uh like i said before the use of um you know the you know the the voiceovers right but that stopping to show them, you know, in some library or some somewhere talking, right? But right. I just love that, you know, you're just hearing them and they're just guiding the film along. But then at the very end, when they ask that big question about when the record will be de- um, uh, declassified in 2027, you know, and they just sh- you show them, you just see, uh, see the reactions to, uh, to that question. Right. Worked for me. Uh, and, you know, I, I just love also too how they, you know, do this compare and contrast to what uh MLK was doing to what the FBI was doing as well. And you know <laughs> and just how G. Edgar Hoover, you know, he was just really going out of his way to just try to remove commun- uh, communism at all costs you know, from, from right. the United States, right? Yeah, to the point that you're literally, you know, stalking and just spying on this guy here. But you really, really got a sense of why they would do this in the first place. Not just, oh, well, you know, at surface level, it's, oh, because he's black and, you know, he's a revolutionary. But it goes deeper than that, though. You know what I mean? And it's not to say that the show wisely does not make you side with the FBI at all. But at the same time, right. you can understand the paranoia and the fear and why they would think that way. Which carries over very well, although the two, although they don't really spend too much time on it. But you get a sense of it in Judas and the Black Messiah. Right. But yeah, though, as a documentary, the way how it's put together, it worked for me. I'm not going to say that this was, you know, the most unique one I've seen in terms of its structure. But right. I thought that the structure itself worked perfectly in terms of what the show was going for. And yeah, just just really digging it deep into 
um, the impact that Ever K had in you know United States at the time, the impact of the FBI, you know, mean at, at that time as well too, and just how these conflicted views, you know, mean called you know led to you know his unfortunate assassination, right? So, yeah. Uh, any thoughts on Ever K FBI? Yeah, I, I dug this. I'll say um, I didn't learn anything brand new in this documentary. To be frank, um, I, yeah, I'm, you know everything, right? <laughs> well, I mean, not, that, that, but, that's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, right. yeah. This, this, I didn't, I didn't see it. I didn't learn anything brand new with this one. But it was still pretty good, well executed. Uh, great story, great narrative, and it it sets up so, again. What to me, when you humanize MLK, because people try to act as if well, because we we have this kind of weird culture of. Oh, well, you know, we need to shame somebody because they like this, that, or the other. But it's like, in the end of the day, day, you're still fighting for, like, you know, people's rights and, you know, getting out of fucking Vietnam and all of that, right? And in my opinion, this kind of stuff just make him better in my eyes, personally, right? He doesn't need to be this bullshit, imaginary, secular saint, right? What he needs to be is a person who is fighting for rights. I don't really care if he did, like, some prostitutes or he did cheat on his wife. You know, we could talk about that later. Not a perfect person. Who cares? Point is... He was getting some shit done. That's the most important part. And yada yada accept yada accept that as it is. Um, but yeah, I I um love love this documentary. I thought it was really well made. It it does it, as I say, the voiceover stuff, interview style, but it works in its own way. And it's surprising that we got this much out of our documentary when that information came out recently. I, I really like the editing as well. So yeah. Um I, yeah, I re- yeah, the, the, the editing for this was was fantastic in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And uh well before we get to read it though, um this is actually um I believe on the Oscar shortlist. So right. hopefully this this could actually get a, a, a nomination for best um documentary feature. I'll yeah, be probably, yeah. I'll, I'll be definitely on board with with that. Um not to say that uh I don't see that it should win because I, I honestly don't know what the other nomination um, nominees are, but I, I saw this one for me, I was like, would you know? But yeah, go on. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, as I say, it it's just well done, well made. Um, just, just it gets into the the classic stories about how, well, you know, you need to do this for this reason, and and it, it, it you know you get to see the justification behind behavior, like you know, because the whole destroying communism thing is like, well, yeah, we, it's pretty clear that Martin Luther King was effectively a, a communist, or I'll say outright communist, but socialist, and he, he clearly, you know, catered to communists, the wife especially, right? Uh, mm-hmm. By Rustin and all these people, right? And I really, really like that they addressed that. Like, you know, that is the argument. You don't have to hide that or try to um, whitewash that or, or clean that up with history. Yeah. Um, that is it. I mean, I, I like that they did a good job with that, um, as it is. But we'll be we, Probably I'll more talk about that with the with the next movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. ratings, not to, uh, just again the ratings quick, but not much to talk about as, as a documentary per se. Like, because I, I, as I say, I didn't learn anything new or it had anything that was mind blowing in it. Uh, yeah, still uh, eight out of ten, really well done. A bit rote, you know. We we've seen a lot of this approach before, but still very good. All right, well, for me, um, strong thought, uh, very light thought, a half out of five, man. Um, I right. think that this is a very well-made, very insightful, very thought-provoking documentary as well. Uh, I really love the fact that, you know, it's it's not like, oh, are we going to show you the real MLK? But no, you know, it's just that, yeah, sometimes the heroes and, you know, these 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 picture, these pitch-perfect car- uh, individuals as well, too. You know, I mean, they, they, right. they have flaws about them, but... At the end of the day, what, what matters? Um, what they did and what they managed to do and the impact they left behind or the, the deep shady stuff that, 
you know, unfortunately, the FBI were they used to discredit him, right? So that that's what the film addresses perfectly, in my opinion. And um, yeah, I mean, I I totally dug this. I highly recommend you check it out, especially if you are if you're interested in terms of uh, American history, especially with the civil rights stuff. I think that it yeah. is an absolute must see. And as I said before, this is like the perfect supplementary film to watch either before or after Judas and the Black Messiah because it kind of feeds into, you know, well, here, as you mentioned, in the documentary itself, we talk about the Black Panthers, right? So, right. Um, well, Ricardo, I want you to do the synopsis for this, right? But before we begin, uh, saw the trailer for this late last year. This was before the whole HBO Max, Warner Brothers, simultaneous release thing, but moment I saw the trailer, I was hooked to I was yeah. I was excited for this. It was one of the most tense tra- trailers I've seen in quite some time. Very well shot, very well edited and whatnot. But I'll, I'll bring back up the trailer in my review for this though. But when I saw it, I was excited as hell for this. And, you know, I was surprised that we were getting this uh, film relatively early in, in 2021 though. But right. yeah, I mean, it came out uh, literally yesterday time it was recorded. Of course, we checked it out as it came out on HBO Max. So, yeah, Ricardo, take it away. What was Judas and the Black Messiah about? Right. So, this is about a guy called William O'Neill. Um, he came to some crime troubles involving stolen cars and, and a, a kind of a very clever racket involving that. And basically, he was asked by the FBI, I forget what um, Jesse Plummer's character's name was, but... Uh, uh, oh, his, his name was Roy Mitchell. Roy Mitchell, right. And he basically asked him to, well, infiltrate the the... The Chicago chapter, I forget which chapter, but the Chicago chapter of the Black Panther Party. Yeah, it's in Chicago. It's Chicago, yeah. Right. Of of um well I forget which part of Chicago. I don't think it was like the only part, but whatever. No, well, um, they they just say they they they, they emphasize on Illinois, but well they right. just say Chicago basically, right? So right, yeah, right, Chicago right. chapter. Right. Right. And that part of the, the story is basically the implication of well, just to get close to Fred Hampton and, and you know, be uh be uh, basically uh, um an informant, right? A paid informant for the FBI. And they get into this narrative about, well, you know, you have you have to get to, to Fred Hampton. Fred Hampton is the well at the beginning the vice chairman and then the the sorry, the vice chairman and then chairman of the Illinois chapter of the Black Panther Party. And just the the exploits, the approaches, how to think about the world and what Fred Hampton was planning going forward. And that's it. It's just this, this interesting crime drama undercover cop story. From the perspective of William O'Neill, which is a true story, I am I was completely ignorant of this narrative. I did not know this was a thing. Like this, I didn't know. Neither the, me. I neither don't know the nature. I don't know the nature of the story. Like, I, and then they talk about this documentary that was the, the mostly reference. Um, and I, I was like, oh wow. Um, is is it um? Isn't the Agnes Agnes um father documentary? I know she did something I, I, on uh, the Black Panthers. I, I, I can't Black remember what it was, but it was, it was it was a documentary that was premiered in nineteen ninety. Because that was the end of the movie, right? They talk about. Oh, 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 okay, okay. No, no, right. that, that, was, that was a TV special, actually. Right. Okay, okay, right, right, yeah. right. Uh, and PBS yeah. special, yeah. Right, the PBS special, right. And yeah, um, I I thought it was I thought this was this was great. It, 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 everybody was good in this. Everybody was good in this. I, um, right. Um I mean, Kaluuya, like Kaluuya was good I know he has been nominated for an Oscar before, but if this man right. got norm for this dread. Something just I, I know I know I know this this movie get, get a little um I know what you call it? Your movie with um oh gosh, the five bloods. Delroy oh yeah, yeah, it, it, they get nominated for the uh, yeah, 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 people got pissed off. Um, Oh yeah, even oh gosh, I may destroy you again. Nominated for anything, Joe. Like, like, right. what was that? What, what, what's up with that, man? What's up with yeah, that? 
Right, I hear, I hear you get a little, a little destroyed. So, so this how they get a little something. Hopefully, Daniel Kaluuya is great in this. Thing was good in this. Um, Lakeith Stanfield as, as William O'Neill. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he has was, to get a norm for this. Though, but I'll was, talk about him. Yeah, what I like about him is how they, they just ma- manage the whole cravenness of the whole of his nature and like what he was about and why he was the way he was. I, I thought it was absolutely brilliant what they did uh with him. Um your girl from Project Power. Uh she was yes, good in- I did I didn't know she was in this though. She, yeah, she yeah. was great. She um was- I, I love I love that they, they gave her enough time because basically she plays the love interest and you know eventual wife of uh of Fred Hampton, yeah, Fred, um, yeah, yeah. Would, yeah, yeah, and then um, you know who was shocking is a third man from from Get Out. Uh oh shit, what's his man name? Oh, Lil Rel Hori. You know, I'm gonna talk about him. I'm gonna talk about him. I had a mention something about here, but go ahead. Yeah, he played a shockingly dark character in the storyline. I was like, what the hell is Rel Hardo? Uh, I it was a it was a great like undercover story. It had so many great moments, like that moment in the car where they where they call him out for for having a quote unquote badge, and yes. <laughs> they start questioning him about the car and where he get from and how he how he hot rod it and blah blah blah, blah and all yeah. that bullshit. And you know you would think something like this would have show up halfway into the show nah. or you know to that no 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 not even not even halfway to the movies like wait, yeah. wait what what going on let me let me yeah. check you out. Yeah, I yeah, love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, little things like that, and it was just a great character piece. The end. Why? Why? Why it worked as well is that they didn't um hype up Fred Hampton as this big, larger life figure. It really humanized. Yeah. Like it do, does a great job of humanizing Fred Hampton, making it work in that sense of how to, how to um, you know, he's a person in the end of the day. You know, he's nervous. He he he's surprisingly shy. You know, they had a lot of great moments, um, in that. And yeah, ultimately, I I absolutely love this this um this this show, great 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 show as it is. All right, well, okay, so just jumping into my my thoughts one time, right? I will say that the trailer is a little little little. It, it may be misleading to some people, right? Because you right. might go in expecting this thing to be this this full tilt thriller, something really dark and tense and all that. And I would say, yes, this is one of the most tense biopics I've seen in quite some time, though. But for different reasons, it's just mainly because of the dramatic weight of what's going on, right? So if you go in expecting this thing to be with tons of action and whatnot. Right, because uh, yeah, because the, the, the trailer may give you that hint, or it's gonna be something so it's gonna make a heart pound. You know, be repeatedly like like no no no, uh, it's it's not that right. You'll have your quiet moments, you'll have your nice moments of character development and whatnot. It tells its story, but it's not about you know like you know this tense tense like you know like this this suspense film right. Even though yes, there is there are sorry genuine moments of tension in the film right. But yeah, I would say that, you know, uh, I would say personally to those going in blind to this, uh, yeah, kind of keep your expectations a little, little, little low. Just don't go in expecting this thing to be the most amazing thing ever. But for what it's worth, though, for what we got from uh, from Shaka King, though, um, I yeah. was orally impressed by this. this. This guy knocked it out of the park with this one, but I, I, I will not lie. Uh, it's not perfect, though. Uh, I will right. say as far as uh, just, just minor gripes, minor gripes, though. Uh, pacing could be a little slow, a little, little, little slow at times, just in a few scenes, and also totally, uh, once again, just going back to the trailer, you know, you will get like a moment of action, or you might get, get a moment of drama, you'll get a moment of pure tension, right? And sometimes you could just kind of 
they just kind of stick out the, like those moments. The, so don't go and expect this to be a thriller, pure full stop, right? Or a drama, pure uh, full stop, right? It's kind of a mixture of the two, right? And it's also a biographical film as well, too. So you have to get, you have to go in expecting all three, right? But what this film deals so well, in my opinion, do is that you really get a sense of how you know both sides, the as in you know the the Black Panthers and the FBI treated this whole thing like a war, right? And yeah, in a war, people have conflicted views. You know what I mean, even within their own camp, right? So I love yeah. what he did with um, Jesse Plemons' character as Roy Mitchell, right? Because yeah, he in his head is like, well, to him, the Black Panthers is equivalent of the the, the Ku Klux Klan, right? Right, you know, right. He's not like singling him uh, out and seeing, singling himself out and seeing, well, you know, all every every white man is, is perfect. I mean, compared to these guys, uh, compared to these radical black men here. But no, he compares it to the, to the KKK. And I thought that was like a brilliant little moment there, right? So in his head, it's just like, well, no, we need to stop these guys because what they believe is wrong. Or, you know, they, they may come with good uh, intentions, but it's not exactly what the clan did. And look at what they, how they were able to brainwash people and look at all the violence and stuff that took place, especially towards black people, right? But what I also love, too, is how you see how the higher-ups themselves, right? You know, maybe intentionally or maybe unintentionally, you know, sway him now to go along with what they believe now, which is essentially, yeah, the, the, the Black Panthers had a goal, period, and this is what we're going to do here. And, you know, I love how, even though they don't see it um, uh, blatantly, but they did mention it in the MLK documentary, where they were allowed to, to, to get informants to go in to, right. to work their way into the group. And basically, if they have to use violence now to stop them, yeah, they, they have the legal right, the legal right to do that, right? So, yeah, I mean... <laughs> it's just how they're like, well, yeah, this is what we have to do. And they just keep pushing Roy to the point where, yeah, he, and, you know, it's it's like this this domino effect there. So, like, the FBI to Roy, and now Roy now is doing the same thing to Bill, right? Played by Lakeith Stanfield. Where it's like, look, we need these things. And it's like, look, look, don't worry, Jim. We need to, to, to stop them out. Don't worry, you're going to be compensated. Don't worry, Jim. At the same time, it's like, yeah, we're going to bum rush and kill these guys, uh, which unfortunately is what happened, right? Speaking of Lakeith Stanfield, though, I thought that he was fan freaking fantastic in this trip. Yeah. What I love, though, well, is yeah. that he got the fear that was going on with him. Like, it's not like, yes. yeah, just doing this because I want to get paid, well, well, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you, you got a sense of, dude, I, I look, look, what you really put me in, what, what you put me in, uh, really, dread. But, you know, he, he just seemed just going in too deep, dread, to the point where, yeah, you know what I mean? Uh, 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 well, kind of obvious. He he agrees with what um with what Fred you know is seeing and whatnot, right? But what I love in terms of Fred's character and whatnot, yes, he's telling his 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 comrades to you know stand up and fight and all that kind of stuff, right? And that's where I love seeing my boy Ashton Sanders show up in this, right? He plays Jimmy Palmer, and he's like buying into this thing so much. There's a moment where it's like, oh. These these cops taking advantage of this black man. Yeah, let me pull up my gun and do some shit, and you see where that takes him, right? So yeah, at the end of the day, what I really love the most about this show is just how is these different views on the you know this 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 problem, right? You know, civil rights. You have one side who thinking, yeah, you know what I mean. If we let these these black people rise, you know what I mean, it's gonna disrupt the fr- um, the the the, um, the 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 foundation of what makes America America, right? And right. there's this really unsettling moment involving Martin Sheen, who plays J. Edgar yeah. Hoover. And makeup-wise, look-wise, he kneels in my opinion. Yeah, look good, yeah. 
He's like, well, what are you talking to Roy and saying, will you imagine he killed his daughter and saying, would you like your, your daughter to be with a Negro, Dredd? And it's just so yeah. unsettling, Dredd. But you can understand why he would say, or why he would think, oh, this is my reason why you should stop it. Or this is why I should tell my my uh, my officer this is what you should do, right? And you see the conflict with uh, with Roy as well, and why he eventually kind of turns crooked near the end. Though. I love how they did that. At first, I was like, yeah, he kind of switched real quick, though. But the more I thought about it, it's like, no, no, his his superiors pushed him on, though. And then even worse with Bill and just the conflict this man going through. Like, should I really stick with these guys, even though I know full well they could lead someone to get killed or kill other people or get killed in the process, you know what I mean? And then, of course, Fred, who just wants to see his people rise and all that stuff. I love how they just kind of have him not just be this uber-superman character, but also a human as well, too. I just love how yeah. they incorporated uh, him meeting his wife for the first time and all that kind of stuff and humanize him as well, too. You know, like, he he wants to do right by his people, right? But it's not all the time he could help, you know, see it. It's, it's like he's, like, you know, he wants to, to spur them on them. But at the same time, he can't, like, automatically tell everybody what to do or tell them where to go and whatnot. That's what I love with the action side. This character where it's like, oh, you tell me to go and fight? Well, all right, I got to fight in my own way, right? So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, go on. No, no, yeah, yeah, um, right. Yeah, you mentioned Action Sanders character. That is one thing I couldn't really follow. Like, why does he decide to just attack police, police officers? Um, yeah. just so just so that didn't really make sense to me that couldn't follow that uh, well okay well maybe they could have they, they, honestly they could have fleshed him out a little bit that because yeah he's a side character but how i saw it was just he just listened to what his man say he he really really went in deep in it and just say oh well basically tell him a hey, pull out a gun and shoot a cop because i have to defend my black brethren right and that's right why he do what he do yeah so i love that and even see with another uh guy who who shows up later on who, uh, well, his friend was killed. So he's like, yeah, you see him literally seeking revenge against a bunch of cops, too. And that's what I say where, you know, like moments will feel like, you know, some tense thriller, but then you'll go to drama. And then, you know, it, it, it it's a little off at times, but yeah, it, it really shows right. just how influential Fred's words were, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. There's also a moment involving uh, George Sams, right? With, which I, I had to do research on this later. Okay? I honestly totally feel forget about it, right? Where, yeah, he essentially, he killed, um, well, he was from another chapter, right? I think it's a New York chapter. And he killed um, uh, a Black Panther yeah, 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 member yeah. as well. Like, there was this, this controversial moment. So, I love how they incorporate that too, because it shows that, yeah, even the Black Panthers themselves aren't, you know, picture perfect as well, you know? Yeah. And not just because they, they toted guns, but, you know, it's their rules and all that kind of stuff. And just the moment, just the mere fact that, uh, okay, so how the film frames is that, oh, well, the guy was an informant, and that just scares Bill even more, right? But I love that they just kind of leave it out in the open, so maybe he was an informant, maybe he wasn't, right? The FBI say that he was an informant, but maybe right. he wasn't too. Maybe they just say that to kind of cheat up Roy's head. Who yeah. knows, right? But it's just, once again, it's about watch, and it's just about, you know, just knowing what to see and how to just move certain pieces together to to exact your your victory i just love that about the show um so yeah characterization was great acting was great lakeith skilled it as well but um daniel do and i i, I, I yeah. love also that the, the show isn't seeing that this is daniel's show this is a fred hampton show even though at times yeah you do get a bit about his life story and all that right, right. but it's about bill it's about him involved in this group and his 
conflict, this moral conflict and all that kind of stuff, and now it eventually comes and bites him in the ass piece, right? Uh, as far as Lil Ray Hori goes, right? Now, I will still, I will admit, dude, I feel like they just kind of had him be in the show because he's Daniel Boy and he was right. in Get Out Together. Right. So, like, like, because I was watching the film, I was like, well, all right, Lil Ray, this, I don't, sorry, Lil Ray, it. I look it off him, where is he? But it's how he comes into the story, yeah, that catch, and, that and it ties you. back to something that happened earlier on in the film. That's all you'll yeah. see. Yeah. I was like, "This is brilliant, shit. and yeah, yeah the I'll way how you. he plays him as this funny, but yeah, he's still this morally dark character. Worked right. for me, perfect casting, perfect moment. Do it caught me completely by surprise. At first, I was like, "Oh, this is just a scene in a shoehorn because yeah. is he boy? He's Daniel boy?" It's like, no, 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 no. All we have to say without spoiler is that it shows how black people look at informants in general. Like right. it's a thing back then, and it's technically uh, um, the same thing now, but you can understand why people will look at informants and be like, nah, psh, fuck you all, you know what I mean? So right. it works there. Um, yeah, the side characters were great as well, though. Um, but what I, what I really also love about the show, too, is that it doesn't, it, it, it pieces itself very well. It doesn't stay too long in certain moments. Like, you'll get right. enough for you to understand. Like, the moments with, uh, with, with Fred and his, uh, his wife and all that kind of stuff. You get enough. You get enough. It doesn't, it's not too much, though. And, uh, you know, props to uh, Dominique uh, Fishback, right? Who we, right. you know, praised in uh, Project Power. You know, we d- delivered a great performance here as uh, Deborah Johnson, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, though, at the end of the day, though, this is the Keats film. And what, what I love, though, is that you see the fear in his face and just the way how he moves every time that. So it's not like the show has to give you this big moment where he has to deliver a monologue and say how he's feeling. And, you know, it's, it has to be so theatric. You just get into the way how he looks at, you know, the situation, how he moves, how he reacts to everything. Man, scared shitless, but you know that he's just in too deep. He feels like he has yeah. to do this for a purpose. What is this like? Dude, I really do do this right. Yeah, quick question. They were supposed to do this. This had a different name, right? What do you mean? You film itself? Yeah, it, it was Jesus was my whole boy or something like that. Or did that, uh, that is an interesting name, but um, from what I read here on the wiki page, no, actually, I, I don't think. Oh, right. Jesus was my whole boy. Right. That <laughs> would have been a very. Um, 90s title like a boys in the hood kind of thing you know right. i remember even more ironic too and you know speaking of the title though i thought that this title here makes perfect sense better yeah it's a better title yeah boy uh like like especially when what when they reveal with our uh, bill at the end though yeah. it's like yeah literal judas trip literal judas trip. i was so shocked at that trip. well I, I, wow. that's another that's another small thing i had with the film too i felt they could have showed that um with a flash forward, but I, I understand why they end the film where they did. Um, but if it was up to me, I'd make the effort to show that, whatever. Yeah, yeah, right. So, yeah, you know, this this is a film that uh, that, that truly, truly impressed me, though. Uh, and this is one that I imagine will get better with more viewings than I give this to. Um, the, yeah. the acting is, is top-notch from top to bottom, though. Um, Daniel and Lakeith need to get Oscar nominations for sure. I'd be very disappointed if either one of them don't get any. I think um, Lakeith out of anyone else should be nominated as well, man, because, uh, yeah, he he came through with a really, really solid performance here. I mean, Daniel was great, but I think Lakeith is, like, the, you know, the MVP of the show, because technically it's about him, and 
just see the, this world through his eyes. It has a very, you know, as I say, uh, crime drama feel to it. So you'll take, like, you know, the departed, right? That's like the perfect example. You hold it forward yeah. inside this group thing and yeah. trust and all that kind of stuff. It has a, a, a feel to it. Even right now, to the choices of music as well, too, which I thought was uh, some, some great choices of music, I must say, but not too much, but, you know, it works, right? Um, still a little, little rough around here, just like it's not perfect and whatnot, but I right. thoroughly dug, I dug the direction performances um, of course the cinematography the way how it looks and how it's shot and whatnot are just the topics right because yeah they they are very timely they are very relevant as well don't think that oh it's a period piece and this has nothing to do with what has happened last year and you know prior to that you know with black lives matter no it's yeah. very very real especially with the last bit of uh you know information that we get at the end though no no this this shit is very very real to this day right uh, I personally would have loved to see this on big screen. I, I would have walked out not disappointed at all. Right. Uh, yeah, but I just so. repeated before I get to read it. Uh, just don't go in with, expe- with your expectations too high. Don't go in expecting this thing to be this Neil Biden thriller or you know this this powerful drama, right? It, it kind of blends you too, but it has this piece of the you know it, because it's a biography as well too. And how it just, you know, it it really did happen. You know, it just makes things even more engaging and just ultimately tragic, right? So, rating-wise, I'm going to go with a strong four out of five, man. This is a great film. Um, and, yeah, once again, I have a feeling with more viewings, I'll bump it up a little bit more, maybe to a four and a half out of five. But I would love to see this. I, I hope that it it at least shows up in, like, in my top ten favorite for the year as far but yeah, you know what I mean? Uh, as far as just last year I was saying, you know, as far as you know, Warner Brothers go, they 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 make an L, they had an L with uh, the little things, boy, but nah, this is a W. This is a serious, yeah. serious, serious W. Um, I would love to see this get um, some Oscar dubs, you know, especially with the, the the two leads themselves. But yeah, this movie is a real deal. It lived up to my expectations. And yeah, I mean, I I mean how much more I can say though. This 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 movie was was damn impressive, man. So yeah, yeah. last thought of rating on Judas the Black Messiah. Yeah, I, I give this a, a pretty high score for as well. Uh, eight out of ten. I, I just the only I would more thinking about it. The only issue I had with it was the whole they kind of show the the ending kind of thing, like instead of just showing us. I felt. Oh, okay, that's that. right. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I, I, I just think it's just showing the text too. I, I think it hits you right. just as hard, right? But yeah, right. you know, you could. But we could see that. Yeah, yeah. see, see a lash or a lakeet or something, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah. Alright, but yeah, folks, Judas the Black Messiah is a real deal. Uh, go see this as soon as you can. And, you know, just as a recommendation, but a stronger recommendation, though, uh, do check out MLK FBI. I mean, like I feel like both films really work, you know, in tandem to each other, in my opinion. So yeah, my armies definitely check both films out. All right, so with all that being said, Ricardo, where can we find you online? Oh, I'm at RMEDY on Twitter. That is at RMEDY on Twitter. You can find me at RMEDY on Twitch as well. That is starting very, very soon, hopefully. Right. And Ricardo Medina on Facebook. You can find me there. All right, on Twitter, you can find me at Bear Beat Bailey. On Instagram, Bears Beats and Bailey. On Facebook, just look for my name, Matthew Bailey, along with Illegally Black Blog, official fan base. We find a link to this podcast as well as the ones that we've done over the past six seasons, including retrospect reviews. And uh, stuff to look forward to uh, quite quite a lot, actually, for, for this month, actually. So, um, didn't get around to watching Willie's Wonderland. This is the newest Nicolas oh, yeah, Cage, yeah. soon-to-be cult classic, but I really wanted to see that, but I had it ever, so, ever since I saw the trailer fit. 
it, yeah, I have a feeling this is going to be a guilty pleasure for me, for sure. But, uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to be talking about that uh, in the next episode or so. Uh, also, finally, we're going to be getting Nomad Nomadland, like a proper right. copy of it. Right. Can't wait to see that. Excitement, ex- the, the excitement level is high for that. As well as uh, Minari. Um, that's also coming out as well, too. Uh, also, we get in off on Netflix. You're supposed to get in Pele. This is a oh. documentary on, you know, Pele himself. Okay. Uh, Superman Lewis. We're supposed to get in the series premiere for that. Been hearing right. great things about the yeah, it's the premiere itself. Yeah, I'm very yeah. hyped for it. Yeah, uh, Tom and Jerry. We we get in that. This is the the, the third film to be released from Warner and HBO Max. I I I, I guess I should see it. I guess because now I gotta go cinema to see it. Even yeah. though there's a lot of there, there's there's certain cinemas that that trying to tell me, hey, you need to see the two legends on big screen. I'm like, no, I can watch it in my house, just like how I used to watch the TV series in my house. Right. So, yeah. Uh, also, we're supposed to get in a Pacific Rim animated series as well, The Black. Um, that's right. next month actually. Uh, speaking of next month, uh, WandaVision, You know, we should be wrapping right, up wrapping by up. then. Yeah. So you do a full season review of that. So excited for that. Uh, coming to America, really excited for that as well. I don't want to see this. I did not watch the second trailer because you know it's a comedy. I don't want to have the joke spoiled. But yeah, like really excited for this. Uh, Raya or Raya and the Last Dragon that's coming right. out very soon right. as well. And uh, well, a couple things, couple I should say. Um, well, the, we you know we, we mentioned Oscars before. We're supposed to get any nominations list later on in March. And um, guess to close things off. Justice League, the Snyder Cut, the reason why we, we close things off with that is that at the time it's recording here, you know, we're less than, you know, technically a day away, or sorry, less than 12 hours, I should say, away before we get that second trailer fit. Yeah, I, 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 I said, just expected yeah. a bunch of fan service. Ooh, Superman with the black suit. Ooh, right, that's, right. that's what I get. Yeah. I, the thing is, I, 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 um, you know, I don't waste my time with the, with the argument. If I could have the poster, and the poster look kind of like um, the Seventh Samurai poster and all that bullshit. Yeah, well. oh, yeah. oh, yeah, that's 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 true, though. Right. Yeah, but we, we get to that trailer. To, well, tomorrow being Valentine's Day. So, yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, the, the joke I'm making now to myself is that, you know, when you're supposed to be studying your significant other, no, you gotta be geeking out in this trailer. So hopefully your significant other is just as much of a geek as you. So yeah, both of them will be geeking out in this trailer. But that's I didn't right. expect much. I hope we get uh, another song and then the hallelujah thing again. But I just expected fan service to be honest. That's that's all I expected. Ooh, right. look at this. Ooh, look at that. Ooh, ooh. That's it. Right. And yeah, that's pretty much about it. So once again, guys, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whatever this is. This was Matthew Bailey and Ricardo Medina. And we are signing off on an episode of BSB to Billy. So until the next one, take care, stay safe in the doubt. If you're in Trinidad, have a safe carnival, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> until the next one, guys. Peace.